Come on and join me on the B-side When movie stars they weren't in their prime Made all the movies that got left behind That got them covered on the B-side You're gonna like it on the B-side Cause you got Dan and Connor by your side Throwing your knowledge from the inside And now you're listening to the B-side Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The B-Side for the film stage. I'm Dan Mecca, as always with Connor O'Donnell. Connor, what's up? Uh, not much, man. I am excited for this one. Uh, I've been excited for this one because we, <laughs> yeah. we are... Well, we this are... is a rare, so let's say up front, a rare scenario where we just did Tilda Swinton, which you could almost say... We went no from matter. that. We went from her Orlando to our Orlando. Is exactly. what, yeah. <laughs> well, well said. No, I was going to say it's the rare case of like doing Tilda. You could say you do any movie, and you're like Tilda herself is so fascinating. Yeah, she's like a B side like, of an actor. Almost, like, I feel just like in terms of the our yeah. yeah our subject today is Orlando Bloom, and we don't want to throw shade on Mr. Bloom, but I would just simply say this is the opposite of that. Where wherein. We wanted to talk about one movie, and and the star of that movie is Orlando Bloom, right. who also has made other films. other movies. So we will talk about some of those as well. The um, film in question is uh, is and, the forthcoming Gran Turismo, obviously. Um, yes. No, <laughs> and and as we record, you can watch season two of Carnival Row, the forthcoming Neil Blomkamp picture. Yeah, Gran no, who knew? Yeah, Neil. Who knew? God, Neil Blomkamp. Just yeah. we can. That's briefly, a whole other. You could do a whole a, other Neil so, episode. Sojourn of like, hey, is this the guy? Maybe nope. And there was a very quick. We, he I really tell got the story. a couple tries too. I like tell the story yeah. uh, on this podcast. Uh, apologies if listeners have heard it. The movie I watched, you know, in anxious anticipation the night before I proposed to my now wife, was Chappie. Was it really? Wow. Yeah, okay. There's not, not really because, a reason. Not because on. you just were. You just no, no, it was to not. We were tra- no, we were <laughs> yeah. traveling. You know, we were traveling. We were in Venice, and um, it had been a long travel day, and I had made the decision not to. Pro- you know, I was like, I'm gonna wait because this was a tough day. I'm not gonna fucking propose. Right. You know, like you know, at five, six p.m. and like we've been like you know frustrated all day. Um, but so in the night before at the hotel, I had a few movies on my computer and one of them was Chappie. And, well, I just you, and you downloaded it, it because like the day before you were in Vatican City and you were outside the Sistine <laughs> Chapel and you whispered to her, that's Chapel. That's right? Chappie. That's, yeah. Okay. That's Chappie. Right. Um, but Sorry, anyway, that was so sweaty. I apologize. <laughs> perhaps more important than our subject or the movie, we really wanted to have our lovely guest back on who was on with us for Paul Newman, which I think is the episode we referenced the most because we always say how the movies were so bad for yeah. Paul. And it's such a weird for the great, one of the greatest movie stars for, being, ever. for the yeah. movies to be so bad. But, but before I keep talking, we have the great Roxana Haddadi, who is the TV critic for Vulture with us. How are you? Good to have you here again. Good to see you. Good I'm to talk with good. you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. We have uh, dug ourselves out from under the mountain of television that was this month. I was going to say, Succession's this is a funny over. time to record. Right. Yeah. Uh, Succession's over, Barry's yeah. over, Ted Lasso Barry, might Ted be Lasso. over. Yeah, Ted so I'm Lasso. feeling good. Now you watch I mean, Ted Lasso. 
Yeah, I watched Ted Lasso. Yeah, that last season was. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was an experience. Let's say that. <laughs> they, they made a lot of choices. Or they made no, a lot of choices. Or, or no choices no at choices. all. No choices. Yeah. One would say they didn't yeah. make any choices. And that <laughs> no. maybe is the problem. Um, every time, every time an episode arrived in my inbox, it was like, what is the length of this episode uh, going to be? And it became like 77 minutes. That finale, I was like, I think I audibly was like, fuck you. I was like, what is it's too long? Is this I, so too long. I know that this is like a mild tangent, but I remember, I can't, oh, I can't recall what show it was, but it was a Netflix show and it was like an okay. early Netflix show. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is the, this is the beauty of streaming is that right. an episode can be however long it needs to, right? Like sure. You can, if, exactly. If, if the plot yeah. of the episode is only 30 minutes Whereas maybe previous episodes were closer to an hour or whatever. Sometimes that's good right. and that's smart. But like the difference is like you have to know that that you have to know how long your episodes need to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. And right. I think the thing is that like we are mocking this because of what Ted Lasso became. But uh, I was a devoted, devoted Sons of Anarchy watcher. Mm, and too. if either of you watched Sons of Anarchy, you remember that the last two seasons, magically every episode was like 90 minutes. I got to tell you, did not I, need to be for two seasons. <laughs> yeah, it was really. I long. can understand like yeah. the final season doing that because it's like we gotta you whatever see, we gotta. I think to be fair, I think the penultimate they started doing like seventy-five minute episodes. Right. So it right. it was sort of like what they do now with like Top Chef, where it would end <laughs> right. at like ten fifteen or eleven fifteen or something. But yeah, then the final season, it was really like 90, that was, 95 that was FX, minutes. right? That show? FX. That was yeah. FX. Do we think that was yeah. FX being like, look, we just need programming, so we're going to give you a 90-minute time slot with commercials. Not back then, it. I don't think. No, I think Not it was like, then, it, it was sort of the heyday of FX yeah, at right. that time. Sons of Anarchy, like, we make fun of it now because it's like peak bro dad culture sure but it was huge like right. so huge. many people in my life have watched sons of anarchy it came after the shield which also was huge and was a better show but that was like yeah. very much the time i think where fx was like trusted to let its creators do whatever they wanted i do like um, that um sean ryan is in full fuck it mode where he's like Fucking the night agent, whatever. I'm just going to make like a John Grisham show. <laughs> yeah. And I watched like two episodes of it and I was like, this will surely fail. But I <laughs> underestimated the appeal of fourth state television. People love that shit. Yo, I, now look, I come from a pretty, I mean, Connor knows, you know, like plenty of people who like that type of show. And look, I like sure. that type of show. So I'm not, I'm sure. not judging those people at all. Right. A lot of texts about the night. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. in terms of like people who don't want, like who are like, hey, you, uh, bro, you know about the night agent? I'm like, yeah, yeah. do you? Okay. Very popular show. <laughs> do um, you know about the night? Have you heard about him? He sits in a room and his only job is to pick up the phone if it calls at night. It's crazy stuff. I love the premise too of those shows. I mean, and look, once again, not really any judgment. I just find it funny where it's like, he sits in a room. Is the phone gonna ring? It's like, well, there's a show, right? Yeah, it'll ring. <laughs> what do you like? How great would it be? Honestly, just like, yeah. He's like sitting there say. for. He's like, 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 like an episode of the Rockford Files where he just gets to fish or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, hangs with his dad. <laughs> right. He's like the dude's like doing Wordle. He like misses. Hey, it. Man. 
Remember when the Muppets used to make fun of things? I feel like that would be a perfect Muppet sure. scenario if they made fun of oh the Night God, Agent. <laughs> and it was just like a Muppet sitting in a room for 15 minutes waiting for the phone to ring. Which Muppet would it be, though, is the question. Oh. My gut says Sam the Eagle, but I don't. That... Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Sam loves America, so right. it would absolutely be Sam. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always wanted to make a short that was mm-hmm. literally Jason Bourne on a flight. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. those movies, I great movies, certainly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they they obviously never. He, he goes to Tangier and right. then he's. Right. In Paris, he's, there. And, you know, he's in Paris. Right. And I always love the idea of he's usually getting in, you know, in fights. And you know, born mm-hmm. is he gets he gets messed up. He's and I always love the idea of him in coach, uh, window seat, bloody, just like looking out the window. Yeah, and like a, a a woman is just sitting next to him, just like not paying attention. And then finally, like thirty minutes in the flight, just like like double takes, and he's just like bloody Matt Damon. I, I always thought that would be funny. It's always my favorite thing about that genre is like, how did you get to this place though? Like, I have a lot of questions. Well, speaking yeah. of dad shows, and and this is actually a good pivot because we'll talk about Carnival Row starring Orlando Bloom, mm-hmm. the Jack Ryan, which you would argue is the 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 daddest of all shows, okay. uh, show run by the very now controversial carlton cues as we speak the yeah. that that book is coming out the vanity fair piece who who let me just ben say Maureen does not, Ryan, does, yeah. does not come across great in that in that excerpt um he's the showrunner of that show that's like the ultimate like let's take a dude who in all of the tom clancy books is like a nerd like fully 100 percent yeah and let's just make him john krasinski mm-hmm. and he's just jason Bourne. That's just what isn't he is. Isn't that He's almost? Just... Isn't it? Doesn't that mean it's like the epitome of current popular culture, where like all of the jocks, all of the jocks, just co-opted yes. nerd culture, right? Like... Yes. I mean, it's two things, right? <clears throat> they did make the Chris Pine movie first, right? Right. And he is Was it more the Kenneth Branagh Chris yeah. Pine movie? Yeah, he's like not like but he does super have one like ripped. It is still a little bit like what if he got in fights? You know, like it's well, like, yeah. well, but it's yeah. still thing... it's still what if he were handsome? What if he right. were conventionally Hollywood? Yeah handsome and yes connor i I agree with you that there's like this co-opting now where like i mean there's that wonderful piece and unfortunately i always forget who wrote it but there was that piece that was like everyone is hot now and no one is fucking and it's like and that's like exactly like i've shared that to like 17 people when that got i was like this is and that's exactly the jack ryan conundrum is like he has to be conventionally hot but he can't actually have sex appeal um, and Prime has like a lot of those shows. Prime also has the terminal list for which right. I've received the most death threats about anything I've ever oh, written. Uh, oh, yeah, I've got like two solid weeks oh, of God. like rape and murder no. threats. Um, that's <laughs> going to have a spinoff with Taylor Kitsch. He's such a good Christian, yeah. Roxana. Yeah, that's going to have <laughs> a spinoff. Um, but yeah. my, my funny terminal list story is oh, no. I've started traveling again for work a little bit. And, um, you know, the last 18 months. And so I was in an airport at a bar probably. And a guy was reading the book, uh, an older guy. And I'm like, he started a conversation, blah, blah, blah. We're talking. So I finally go like, oh, hey, how's that book? Um, And he's like, oh, it's okay. And I'm like, you know, they made a show. And this guy, it was like, I told him Santa Claus existed. He was like, he was like, he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's a show. It's a show with Chris Pratt. I think it just came out. And he's like, really? 
And I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a show on Amazon Prime. He's like, well, thanks. I'm definitely going to watch. I was like, I guess I'm, I don't feel bad. I don't know. I, I, I watched mean, the show, but I was like, and that's, yeah. that and that's why Chris Pratt is Mario. So happy. He was so that happy is why he's Mario. That's 100% right. why he's Mario. someone in the uh, middle of the country was like, I know that person. I will watch his it. I know that man. Yeah. I know that man's voice and face. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll say about this is that Moe's book is very good. I received oh, a advanced copy. Oh, yes. Good. It's, I mean, it's very good in that it made me like hate everything. Sure. Um, I mean, the lost chapter is like amazing, but there is a Sleepy Hollow chapter that is infuriating. There's a oh, One Tree Hill chapter that's infuriating. So I think like if you watch TV within the last like 20 years, there's going to be a lot of stuff that like the start of the chapter will make you think like, oh, hey, I do remember that happening. Like, why was that? And then, like you know, the next thirty pages will just make you want to like burn down the world. So, can I definitely ask, is, think it's is, worth reading? Is there a Brooklyn Nine Nine chapter? I no. do not remember if there's a Brooklyn Nine Nine okay, chapter. I but saw I saw on that Twitter. tweet. Yes, I saw that tweet. Uh, right. Okay. I yeah. I I don't necessarily want to say this because I heard it like secondhand and thirdhand, so it's not like a direct thing that I know, but. I think that would be an interesting thing for someone to look into. That's, what that's it how seems I like. will yeah. phrase that's, that. That's what it, yeah, no, no, no. That, that's yeah. certainly what it seems like. So that's, yeah, that, that's certainly that whole, that, that show is interesting in its own way. Um, so, okay. Speaking of Amazon shows, we should just mention, yeah. so Carnival Row second season, final season currently out, came out about a month and a half ago as, as mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening when this drops um, now. Okay. Interesting show. We were kind of DMing about this before we recorded. Mm-hmm. The first ep- season came out like years ago, and yeah. it did pretty okay numbers, as I understand it. It was, it was like Prime Video's like first big show. Like we were trying, we were in a time where everyone was trying to compete with Netflix. Netflix basically changed everything about streaming television. Uh, Prime has you know more money than most countries and god if you believe in that concept so yeah they threw a ton of money at carnival row and it was like their first big splashy production starring orlando bloom and carad i don't know i don't know i don't speak french i have no idea but yeah so starring the two of them um Mm. i've seen the first season but not the second and okay. you're partway through the second, right? Yeah, I'm like four episodes through. Um, so okay. the whole thing was, I think the plan was to do three. Funny, so Travis Beecham wrote the original version, is I think still the showrunner or was at okay. least in the beginning. Guy, That's the guy who wrote Pacific Rim. This script is the thing that got him like an agent, right? So Travis Beecham- I didn't Beecham, know that. Yeah, so Carnival Row was a movie script that kind of got him representation and was like a hot script many years ago around Hollywood. And the premise was, which is basically the pilot of the show, right? There's a world where there all the mythological creatures live among humans, and there's like a row where they all live because they're second-class citizens, and it's called they're Carnival better. Row. And I think the name of the script was like A, a Murder on Carnival Row. And it's okay. like it's a murder mystery movie where it's like... Orlando Bloom's character is a detective who's a human, maybe, and obviously okay. that's part of the show. And um, and then what have you? So, 
I think obviously that never got made into movie. He made Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim was a hit. He became kind of a real asset and he got the show made. First season is interesting. They try to do a lot. And it's kind of like by the end of that first season, I remember being like, okay, whoa, whoa, let's, I'm interested, but maybe we're moving too fast. That's how I remember mm-hmm. how I felt about it. And the second season is like, we're going to speed up. And it's kind of because, because COVID happened and they were like, all right, we have an ending. I don't right. think Amazon wanted to spend, spend, spend. So they kind of no. make a 10 episode finale season that mm-hmm. I think really tries to like get it all in. And I always think that's kind of a, that's a little bit of a, of a mistake most times. Cause like I'm watching yeah. these episodes and I'm like, uh, like it's a plot, B plot, C plot, D plot. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. You know, it's I'm hard. shocked it's hard. that he got a yeah. second season at all. Me too. Like that was, and because it, it, it was their big money play. And I do know people who have watched it again. I feel like, uh, I don't know how to, I'm not trying to insult any of us. But we watch more than the quote unquote average person, right? Sure. Oh, sure. But yeah, like, yeah. but like within the world of people who do this for a living, like nobody I know has watched Carnival Row. But like the <laughs> outside world, people I know I, in my life have. So Dan, Dan and I work with somebody who, when the first season was out, had mentioned like, "Oh, you guys watch Carnival Row," and I was, it was that kind of thing where I was like. Do yeah. you watch cut like does anybody right. like like you're the guy <laughs> you're, you're okay like and it was just one of those things where I was like okay I named my son I named my son Philistrate like no you did it <laughs> I was it was just one of those things where I was like oh okay like yeah, that's I nice. was more like interested in nice. this person's life watching Carnival Row than I yes. was the show itself at yes time. and I and I then I feel bad because I'm like a ton of people watched like The Witcher. Right. Like fantasy right. is right. not odd on television. Right. Like, I think if you watch Game of Thrones, you're probably looking for other fantasy TV to like. But I, I think yeah. I think there's also a little bit of like, I mean, I, I'm speaking for myself here, like a yeah. little bit of like a medium bias in certain things like that, where it's like, sure. if you're telling me that that guy gave Orlando Bloom some kind of like a slightly smaller fantasy movie comebacky type thing called a murder yeah. on carnival row i would be like hell yeah, yeah. oh me. yeah right like yes yes and, 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 and yes. the minute it was an amazon prime show i was it's like, it's I'm, like never, I'm never gonna watch all that <laughs> now yeah. we should say bloom is good in it and i do think it speaks to like the thing with a lot of actors like Bloom, and we can get into it, like he's kind of aging into a very interesting actor, which is a very mm-hmm. common, like, you know, he's one of the prettiest people I've ever seen, right? So we can start there. Like, I think objectively, you know, carved from the beauty stone, this is like a pretty person. I just, yeah. I can't even, I cannot underscore how pretty this fucking guy is. Like, and even rewatching well, his movies. Yeah. We'll I'm get like, into this more, but like, Bloom is doing the Colin Farrell thing to a lesser yes. degree and the, because Colin the problem, Farrell is Colin Farrell. And the difference but, is like Colin Farrell is he's beautiful, but he's awesome. so, he's han- he's handsome. Right. He's yeah. handsome. I was going to say I, I was to me, say, Bloom using is, the word pretty is very distinctive because pretty Bloom is. is yeah. It's he's like uh, he's like a Jared Leto. Like he's so a little bit pretty. Right. You want to. Like, be in his face a in little fight yeah. club <laughs> yes. because yeah. he's, so he's so pretty yeah, pretty. yeah. i love i yeah. always love his character's name and fight club angel, angel face angel face uh-huh. yeah. um, uh-huh. 
So our second kid, he's very, he's a baby still. He has these very soft, like beautiful eyes, like features. Okay. Okay. And our niece, uh, kind of, who's, who's older, obviously, she nicknamed him Mr. Lady. And, and like, I love, honestly, I did, lo- Dan, that's the future. Like that's but the thing. It is. No, no, that's no, no. The but, 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 a, yeah. but, a, but a beautiful the kid. Yeah. A beautiful yeah. kid observation, right? And yeah. literally Orlando Bloom is like to me, I was like watching his movies. I was like, God, you're like a little Mr. Lady. Like just beautiful, soft, soft. lovely. Yeah. Like he's yeah. Legolas. You're like, oh my God, I want to put you in my pocket. Yeah. Legolas. You're amazing. In middle school, you were a Legolas girly or you were an Aragorn girly. There was no sure. overlap. It was one or the other and on so your you, binder. Should we take that to mean you were a Legolas person? Yeah, who are you? I was you a remember? Legolas girly because I was young. And now sure. as an adult, you're an Aragorn woman. Aragorn woman. Well, but this is my point about Carnival Row. This you're getting you're getting bloom kind In of Aragorn going Aragorn Yeah. Yeah. He's getting and a little think, Aragorn-y, you know? And I think the thing about Carnival Row is like I mean, we don't necessarily need to discuss plot further or whatever, but I, I do think that it is an interesting premise that you see in so much of fantasy, uh, especially like any post Lord of the Rings fantasy, which is trying to do like fascism and Nazism and whatever, sure. um, is that you're going to have like the humans on one side and like fantasy creatures on one side, and that can either become very um, like simplistic and flat or it can have like some interesting layers, especially when you get into like Victorian society and like what are the sure. morals of the time and all that stuff. Mm. I mean, we saw that in the Nevers, which like sure. really sort of crashed and burned because of the Whedon of it all. Yeah. Um, but I think you're getting an interesting version of that here if you can get over like Kara, who is not giving the greatest oh, God, performance. Kara. And if yeah, you can Kara. get over sometimes the like, cheesy effects and like a ton of backstory being thrown at you but bloom is doing this like grizzled war veteran detective you know like all the weight of the world on his shoulders thing that i do think you're right he's aged into that in a really interesting way i don't think all of his choices work like his accent is not the best no, it's just I mean, a very simplistic thing that I don't love. He's never that's never been his uh, yeah. strong suit, but his physicality works, I think. Mm. And I think he's giving. Yeah, and he's clearly doing something with his posture that I think yeah. helps. And I think I mean, so quickly, posture. we should just say so. Like, interesting guy, right? He's from Canterbury. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as English as it gets. Um, he's named. This is interesting. Named after the English composer Orlando Gibbons, which, if you listen to that oh, yeah, guy's music, that's like, I mean, re- you know, religion meeting art doesn't oh, begin wow. to describe Gibbons, which is just a funny thing. So anyway, named after him. Um, uh, born in seventy-seven, currently forty-six. Um, it Does really he come kind from of money? Tri- I think I don't he, know that he came. I, I got that. So I was just in doing like looking at his background. Um, that is the vibe that I got because he did like, yeah, like sort of nepo ish, nepo or just know, like rich. I, I don't know about nepo, but but okay. like, let's say com- let's say comfortable, right? Yeah, I think, I think he went. So, you know, he went to nice schools. He went, you know, like that okay. kind of thing. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So so it's interesting, right? Because he's like his story is very like he goes to um, 
the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in London, right? And like off of that, he, you know, he's in that he's in the Stephen Fry movie Wild as he as a student. Okay. Um, and then he like immediately, right? Immediately auditions because people, you know, Peter. It took years to make Lord of the Rings, right? So right. he immediately auditions for Lord of the Rings. Auditions as Faramir for Faramir. Ultimately, gets the role as Legolas, and then like within that time of filming it right like he auditions and gets the role a role in black hawk down and if you remember he's blackburn who falls out of the black hawk Mm -hmm. and is one of the reasons that they end up being grounded and And everything happens yeah exactly one of the reasons i kind of always thought he was the the inciting incident and i rewatched it a couple weeks ago and i forgot that there's like three things happening at the same time, but him falling out of the helicopter is kind of, it, it, that, it results in black, the black hawk getting shot down. And you know, who's driving that black hawk, Jeremy Piven. And yeah. you know what? I got to say, if you, maybe if Piven wasn't driving it, I'm just saying, <laughs> wow, that anyway, movie is um, such a flashback. Like it's, bro, I, let me tell yeah. you something. Wow. Watch that movie. Now it is like, and it's so crazy that Hartnett is, I know, look, nobody loves Hartnett more than me. It is sure. crazy. He's the lead. I'm like, how is he the anchor of this movie? It was like his second movie. And he's good. He's so good in it. It's so weird. I he remember delivers watching like a crazy movie. good monologue. It's insane. Anyway. I remember watching that movie at the time. And I remember coming away thinking that the best part of it was like that one good scene that Eric Bana gets like right at the mm-hmm. end. Well, him, him uh, and yeah, it's him yeah, and yeah. But yeah. I do remember thinking at even like at the time, whenever it was that it came out, thinking like, Oh, the movie probably should have been about this guy. <laughs> like, I remember, well, Bon is great. Like, yeah. I remember Bonna, thinking, like, oh, it should have probably just been his movie, and it would have been. Well, because Bonna, Bonna, and Hardnet are like the most. I mean, look, speaking to Ridley and what we're, you know, so our B sides just are ostensibly are a movie called uh, Ned Kelly with the Heath Ledger, um, Gregor Jordan movie, which Orlando Bloom is also in, and then a smaller movie called Haven, and then uh, the kind of the main event, which is Ridley no. Scott's kingdom of heaven and we'll obviously be more talking about the the now relatively well-known director's cut which is far better than the theatrical cut anyway so the first time bloom worked with ridley was on black hawk down partly led to uh bloom getting the role of balian in kingdom of heaven um i mean he did read for it but it was like half an offer you know half a half a half a audition and um but yeah, Ban- B- Bana and Hartnett are like the progressive soldiers. Right. Right. Like, so it's it does speak to Ridley's kind of interesting political leanings where it's like, I mean, I don't think the guy is like voting for Bernie Sanders, but it's like he's <laughs> he's certainly, I think, a I think he's a a business minded creative who mm-hmm. who, who I think you know, Ridley. I think Ridley you know. likes money, sure. but I think that his art has a tendency yeah. to like criticize entrenched institutions, whether that's right. like yeah. the Pope and religion, or whether that's like Tyrell Corp, or, or whatever else. Yeah, or you know, like duels. Doesn't like yeah. duels. Doesn't you know, made like, two, he made but, two movies which were like, you know, guys, duels. No, but I, I, this is the thing because <laughs> I, I, 
I've re- I've always liked Ridley Scott. Wait, can I, sorry, can I just stop? I love the idea of Ridley Scott being 80 and being like, I feel like I didn't cover duels. Enough. He's going to do, he, he's he's gonna do another. The last, the last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I... I, uh, I've I've always liked Ridley Scott, and in recent years, and obviously we, Roxana, last time you were here, we took that, like a clean five minutes to sing the praises of the last duel as one should. You know? No, I forgot. But in that, yeah. in recent years, I think I've gr- I think partly because I, I see this almost re- gut reaction to Ridley Scott as like ugh, like people are kind of like whatever. Where I'm like, fuck you a little bit. Like no, this, dude knows what's up. And so he's become more and more recently like one of my Mount Rushmore people that I just like love. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is that win, lose, or draw, even if his art and his politics aren't in the same place at the same time, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. And sometimes like all of it just misses. He has the, he more than I think most people who make movies at his level, or at least most people who purport to try and make movies at that level. Ha- always has the ability to hold more than one thing to be true in his mind. Right? Sure. And I think that, I think mm-hmm. that's what leads to like the beauty of King, like the, cause the kingdom of heaven director's cut is like the true harmony of that. Right. Like, that's just like what the movie's about. Right. It's just this like mm-hmm. beautifully nuanced take about. Well, and to hear him talk about it, like the movie, one of the movies he's most proud of and like yeah. a movie he like was trying to make for 20 years. And yeah. it should be. And I think it, like to me on a rewatch like realizing why i love it so much it's the same it's the same reason i love the last duel because it's like at a glance if you tell me on paper ridley scott is making this movie i might be like okay like right we'll we'll see how this goes and then you see it executed and you're like oof bless you sir like you he gets it right even if to your point yeah like he likes money. He likes certain things. And, <laughs> and he doesn't even necessarily need to like, even if even if I don't necessarily feel that he's fully buying into whatever he's putting on, on screen, okay. he still knows that he has to put it on screen appropriately and correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. And like sometimes now, sometimes that yeah. gets lost when you watch like an Exodus Gods and Kings and you're yeah. like, it's the other side of the coin. Right. And like, yeah. I don't think that think, can be dismissed, certainly, but I think my frustrating thing with Ridley is that I think he makes some like real clunkers. Just the sure, real sure. movies yeah, where yeah. I'm like, how I don't know what you were thinking. I don't I don't understand. We talked we talked about a good year with Blake Howard just a couple okay. episodes ago. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. Or That's even like House one. of Gucci. I was like watching House of Gucci and I was like, Am I being pranked? Like what? Sure. I, I sure. like I like that movie fine, but it is it is weird that that was like the A side to the last duels. B yeah, side. extremely and and bizarre. Like, and, and and you're like, how did this happen? Yeah, but I I will just quickly say this, and then of course we'll talk about this more like when we actually talk about Kingdom of Heaven. But like, it's very frustrating for me with something like Kingdom of Heaven or something like Body of Lies, right? Like he did Body of sure. Lies. I'm not making that. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. He did. Um, yeah, he did. Whereas I think he has the capacity, like as a Middle Eastern person, but like I think that he has the capacity to make films that are like nuanced examinations of like how people of different ethnic backgrounds and different religious backgrounds can like find commonality. And so I think that he is capable of making those films, but I also think that he is capable of saying things that are like very dumb because I think he's been making movies long enough that he has a very like set idea of what the business is. 
Sure. And I think mm. to him, the business is like you sell movies based on like white A-list stars and like that's what's going to be your movie. And so I, I both understand that that has been like his career experience and he's made some great movies because of that. And I also get really frustrated by feeling like the narrowness of that thinking and like the Muhammad so-and-so quote. Um, but yeah. regardless, we can re-inspect the said, kind of he said that shitty thing in ref that was in reference to Exodus, right? Yes. He was talking time. about yeah, like, yeah. why is it led by Christian Edgerton Bale character. and Joel Edgerton? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. It was like, why yeah. didn't you cast someone different for Ramsey's? So it's like, I get it as like, uh, this is how I sell my movie. But I also feel like you're Ridley Scott and like, People well, listen to what you say. Yeah. Well, Connor, the John Oliver, look, who yeah. John Oliver, you know, I ebb and flow with ironical jokes for 29 minutes. Sure. I, 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 I it tests my patience. Sometimes that being said, I like John Oliver and, um, and I do love, he did that. <laughs> he referenced it at one of the seasons where he's like, he's like, cause he's, he really, they referenced the quote. He's like, cause you need the white hot, star power and then it cuts to a photo of joel edgerton and it goes of whoever the fuck this guy is and it's like for the larger yeah. populace okay. uh, certainly because right. the question is like okay i get you need to cast christian bale which was sure. the setup right yeah. okay fine fine yeah. but would you not why can but, but by it not that be token, alexander like, sadiq why right. can it not be you know one of these other whatever and so, but also but this is the same guy who like if you watch that the, the kingdom of heaven full-length documentary literally caused partly the theatrical cut to be forced upon him because he refused to cut down the Saladin character. Mm -hmm. So it's like, mm -hmm. this is a guy who felt so strongly about, you know, that side of that story that he like basically ruined by his account. His own film. You know, his right. own film with the promise of making the one he wanted to make like, because of that now so that's interesting right so i think to the point where they're saying Amen. you know people contain multitudes and god my boy really contains many now let me just use our talking of a great epic as a segue into a not great epic um which would be our first film directed by gregor Wait, jordan can i ask one question before we get there where was sure. pirates like in his timeline okay well i was gonna thank you yeah I'm, this is you. i mean this you is a good we, i'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna the, do it this so, is a good yeah, just go quick like yeah because we usually do this. Roxana, like, what was your first oh, Orlando? First. Like, what was we it? Got, Lord of the Rings? We got, was it Pi Connor, we got too excited. We were like, we just have to I know, jump no, in. No, we got, we're all, and, and what's funny is, like, I'm not even going to try to edit this because it's all good. So, uh, but. My not first edit. Orlando was definitely Lord of the Rings. Um, sure. How so does yeah. anybody have another? Like, no, 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 no I guess, like, the, yeah. Well, no, I, mean, I think that's I mean, a valid, so no, but I think that's a valid question. Yeah, I think it's a valid question because, like, Yes, Lord of the Rings was like a gigantic phenomenon, but I do think Lord of the Rings. You could have seen felt, Pirates before. You, know? you could have seen I, Pirates true. before. Yeah, and my yeah. partner and I talk about this a lot. It feels like Lord of the Rings was pre like superhero comic book shit making nerd culture mainstream. So Lord of the Rings yeah. absolutely made like a gigantic amount of money, but it did not right. feel like the same sort of like primary culture to me back then that superhero movie stuff feels like it was now so i remember going to see lord of the rings with a group of like five or six of us that went mm. and saw it um and i do remember like 
Legolas pictures on girls' binders. Sure, but yeah, yeah. At the time, as like a nerdy child, it did not feel right. Like the culture was like bending yeah. around us. It still felt like Lord of the Rings was like a little bit of a cultural secret. Um, so it was definitely Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, I even remember when Return won all the, mm-hmm. all 13 Oscars mm-hmm. of its nominations. I even remember that feeling like a sea change. And I would love mm-hmm. if, if Joe Reed and Chris File were here, they would confirm this. But I remember like literally thinking like, oh, shit. Okay, so like everybody's just like In. cool with this yeah, movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Not in a bad way. Yeah. Just like realizing it had kind of crossed some sort of threshold mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And then five years later, you get Iron Man, and we're kind of off to the races mm-hmm. for better or worse, um, mm-hmm. largely worse. But but um but <laughs> but yeah, just for context, right? He makes Wild. He's barely in it, and then uh, Black Hawk Down, okay. Lord of the Rings, both come out in one. That's the big year. What's funny? Here's the thing about Bloom that is so different from most other people. Heart 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 weirdly being another example, but there aren't many. Is like he was like immediately famous. Mm-hmm. It was like. His his third movie is Lord of the Rings, and it's literally like, you know, he 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 is, you know, as you're saying, Roxana, he's everywhere noticed. Yeah, you know, the blonde hair, mm-hmm. he's cool, he's the archer, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So he's like immediately in the culture, right? And then the next year you have Two Towers, and then the next year, oh three, you have he's the lead of Pirates of the Caribbean. Curse of the Black Pearl. Obviously, the lead more becomes Johnny Depp, but he right. is the lead, Will Turner. And then the third Lord of the Rings, that same year, um, he makes Ned Kelly. So that's a big year. Ned Kelly, obviously, kind of is Heath Ledger's film. It's much maligned. Okay. It doesn't really make much of a splash. Certainly was an Oscar play, ostensibly, but you know, obviously was not. Now, Ned Kelly, we talked a little bit uh, with Blake uh, about this because we did Russell Crowe with Blake, so we mentioned the true history of the Kelly Gang, Excellent which is film. the most recent, right? Which is the most recent uh, Kelly adaptation by Kurzel, Justin Kurzel, in which uh, is it George McKay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. plays uh, the titular uh, Ned Kelly. He plays him hotly. Hot. He's hot. He plays him hot. Mm-hmm. It's more of an ensemble. <laughs> Russell Crowe plays the kind of bad father figure if Russell i recall Crow's there. charlie hunnam is there nicholas holt uh, is there essie davis Hulk's is the there cop, hot movie all around very hot essie davis is great everyone essie davis hot is great that movie. um yeah. okay so ned kelly this one we're talking about is the 03 version as i said it's the second adaptation the first one is the the also maligned tony richardson mm-hmm. directed mick jagger starring ned kelly which is like very counterculture not not a lot of fans when it came out. I think it's gained a little bit of respect uh, over the years. I do not think it's very good. I really like Tony Richardson. Uh, Loneliness, Long Distance Runners. Heard of this? One of my favorite movies. Yeah, I feel like it's gained respect one. in the way that like Staying Alive has gained respect. No, no, know, no, no. Where don't, people are just like, that. oh, this thing fucking exists. Like, no, that is. Just, Look, Ned, the first Ned Kelly is not good, but it is not staying alive. Let's just I don't let's know. Just, let's just say that. Uh, <laughs> staying so alive. So we get this one. Um, 
this one. So this one, <laughs> so this one, Ledger's the star. Uh, Naomi right. Watts is also in it. If you don't know Ned Kelly, he's kind of the Robin Hood of Australia. That's a very reductive way to put it, but it's partly true. The Kelly family was hounded by the the police literally for generations, and Ned Kelly kind of finally said, "Fuck you guys," and um, began robbing banks and giving to the poor, as it were. And there's layers there. It was a very there. quick. A lot of layers. There's layers, layers there in terms. Nice. Our rec- I was just gonna say there are layers there <laughs> well, in terms are, of yeah. like what Australia like was, right? Which is where right. like well, they sure, were sending no, prisoners, and there's like you know the literally Australia was for any white, you know, obviously the Aboriginal people okay. were there before, you know, long before that, but for um, for the British. Australia was a penal colony for many, many years, right? So it is literally our Georgia, right? If you you guys know your American history, right? Georgia Mm -hmm. was the 13th colony and it was literally a prison. It was a a debtor's prison for like many years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I don't know if people know that, but- I don't think they do. So so thank you for your service. Well, I mean, I just, it's a weird fact that I always remember and it's weird that more people don't know that because it's insane. They're like, we need a 13th colony. We need to send all the indentured servants. What about- over there, way down south, is that? I mean, we don't own Florida. Maybe the great we'll just... thing about America is that like Americans are very bad at knowing about it. So, oh, are, so, are they? Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that? I saw that tweet where where there was a poll about like um, um, it was like forty percent of Americans don't know who the president of India is. And somebody quote tweeted and was like, "This is a ridiculous poll. It's a way higher percentage of Americans who don't know who the president of India is." <laughs> It's like so Buddy, true. Oh, I don't anyway. don't you remember the interview? Okay, this is taking it way back. Don't you remember there was an interview with DMX? Does anybody remember sure. what I'm talking about? Where somebody interviewed DMX and he did not know Earl that Simmons. Barack Obama was running for president and he had like never heard of him before. <laughs> oh, DMX. So like, shout out to DMX. R.I.P. My buddy. R.I.P. R.I.P. Great and never die alone. Great and belly. But we, we love we love DMX. I just think it's like you can never underestimate how much people do not know. Um, yeah, which leads us back to like Ned Kelly. So the movie has a lot of the like, we're Irish, the cops are generally yes. British. There's a lot of yes. like British versus Irish tension, although this is like a movie set in Australia. Um, and I don't know how we want to talk about it. I mean, I find it well, like- yeah. Very- like, had, you seen the, had you seen this movie before? I had not we... seen it before. Okay. I found it like- very uh mannered i guess is how i want to put it so let me let me pitch something sure you guys can tell me if you agree i think this is a no look gregor jordan has made good movies okay okay? but let me just say this for me now gregor let's just say gregor jordan made a movie called two hands which is a very important movie for a lot of australian people um he made a movie called buffalo soldiers which is a very important movie for dan mecca when he was very young, of course, That's me, sure, the yeah. nation of Dan mm-hmm. Mecca, yeah, mm-hmm. if you know me, so a okay. sovereign state. Now let me just say this: <laughs> Ned Kelly is making a yes, the the United States of uh, Dan Mecca. Um, okay, so that movie is the worst. By the way, that movie, United States of Leland, the worst. Movie. We covered okay. it. Um, oh, it's not about it's that. Oh, it is. No, it's not okay. okay whatever. That's okay. I, I love that you. I'm happy that you like it. That's good. Somebody else just said they liked it too on the film I stage. I can't remember. I don't um, like it. I just don't hate. It's fine. Like it. It just is. Crash. It just is. Crash was very popular. There was a lot of God. let's tell a lot of stories at the same yeah, time. Well, All right. So, 
Okay, this is what I would say. Gregor Jordan is, he doesn't have a take. <laughs> it is kind of my take, right? Yeah. I think, and maybe he thought he had a take, but when I'm watching this movie, I'm kind of like, what? what is the in? What's what's my in here? Okay. Like I'm watching this movie. I get what it is. I understand the Robin Hood construct to some degree. Okay. Heath Ledger is the wrong guy to play Ned Kelly. And I think honestly, the, that's the biggest thing with the first two Ned Kellys is they got the wrong guy to play Ned Kelly. And okay. I think the third one, I don't love the third one either, frankly, but I think the casting is great. And I think McKay's great. And I, th- I think that's, it's it's without a doubt the best one because everybody fits, which I think is it's like, like is feral, such a win. it's homoerotic, everything I want from cinema. That, and, and look, Kurzel has a take, right? Yeah, like, he, for yes. sure. He has a very well, clear always, idea. You can always like, kind of count on him for that. Yeah, yeah he's like, you know, like now look, his Macbeth I think is fucking awful. Now, but the, what a take though, a great take. But I don't like the take. But it's a great take. I gotta leave this. I'll take the the, the Cohen brothers, Macbeth, or the one Cohen brother. It's now Dan just talking to me. Roxanne is out the door. Oh shit! Completely disagree. No, that's good. I'm. That's good. Oh my god! Wait, Um, where are you on Assassin's Creed? Didn't he direct that? I kind of like Assassin's Creed. Oh my god. Yeah, I kind of like. Where are you on? Like it a lot. Where are you on Nitro? But I kind of like it. I actually didn't see Nitro. Okay. All right. But Snowtown Murders, good. Yeah, right? I think and, I, um, I liked Nitrum. I mean, can you like Nitrum? But like, I thought well, it was I've good. Well, I've been a little afraid to watch Nitrum for, you know, yeah. the subject matter, obviously. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my thing with Ned Kelly, the 03, is just like, Heath is wrong for it. It's it's laborious. The it's, tone. You know, it feels long. I, I don't like using the word boring, but that certainly comes to mind. Um, I think Bloom is good. Jo- the Joseph Byrne character is kind of an interesting character kind of like he's the best friend he's kind of a sex pot they kind of lean into it in the 03 version the scene with him and um uh rachel i can't think of her name thank you rachel griffiths is like probably the most the most energy the movie ever had yeah he has that great the because she like collects the little skulls he has that great little moment where he grabs the skull it's a good and he scene. like chomps yeah, it it's her. a good scene. yeah that so it just doesn't work for me i don't know but other, anyway no no, no I, I think this is all this is all i i feel like we all kind of feel similar right? yeah, like yeah, it yeah. Just, yeah it's yeah. a thing that i think works better on paper just if you i mean because i saw this years ago not really when it came out but it was like a I grabbed it like three ninety nine at a Walmart bin because it was like one of those things where I God was like bless. the Walmart Orlando bin. Blue. Yeah, right. It's, it's a good I was place. Like, or, I was like Orlando Bloom and Heath Ledger were in like a Ned Kelly movie, and like my dad yeah. was like a big Irish history person, so like I was aware mm-hmm. of like who Ned Kelly was as like a figure, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was like, oh, this is fucking weird. Okay. And I remember that sequence in particular being like the only other than the sequence, the climactic seek like shootout with the armor. I remember which is the, famous in yeah, real life. Yeah. And I, I remember the scene with uh, I remember the scene with Orlando Bloom and Rachel Griffiths being the thing that like stuck in my brain. Be, and I it's a it's a feeling I had when thinking about this movie. And even when we talked about doing this and I was the one that mentioned it to you, Dan, of like, oh, we should do Ned Kelly. Um 
and this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment slash insult, and I guess it is, but like when Orlando Bloom is the most interesting part yeah. about the movie. Yeah. You know, we'll Not just great. say that's, surpri- that, that's surprising. It might not right? be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Like, and I think, um, yeah, that that's the weird thing. And I, I, I will say, I think to his credit, he is the reason to watch the movie if you're going to yeah. catch it. Like, he's trying some things and if you're someone who is maybe Connor, the appeal for you flex. the appeal for you is not joel edgerton who is also in this movie <laughs> <laughs> the white hot star power of whoever the fuck that guy is um, yeah joel edgerton who plays you know he's, judas yeah you know, he's he's he's, the, you know. he's actually pretty good too but yeah it is i guess it's also like it is re- retroactively disappointing since we obviously got a finite number, there are a finite number of Heath Ledger performances that exist well, in the world. I was going to say. Yeah. I think it's yeah. like. That makes me sad. Like, I think yeah. it's the. Yeah. I mean, so much of. All I was just going to say is like, so much of the script does this character a disservice because it feels like the script is afraid to be like, Ned Kelly was violent and vindictive and like what happened to him was not okay. But, like, he did right. shit that was fucked up, too. And, look, I am very pro the fucked up shit he did. Like, I'm not trying to pass a value judgment right. on it. But it feels like the movie is very afraid to pass a value judgment 100%. on it. So, like, Heath Ledger is just a very, like, sort of boring, lax, well, righteous figure. Yeah, I, I was going to say, he plays it doomed. Yeah. Which yeah. I feel like... And Mick Jagger kind of does the same thing. And you're kind of like, well, don't be morose. Right. Like, but, not, like, but not do It's kind of the way a lot of people play Jesus. Where right. it's like, right. I, yeah. I, I think it's, I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's very uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like, if you're not Wilm Dafoe, right. Sure. Then don't, you can't do that. Because there's like seven people who are as interesting. See, you as don't well want Jim Caviezel, Jesus. You want Caviezel. <laughs> oh, well, I, I need. I gotta see number two coming out. Resurrection. Uh, Tana, where are you gonna see? Yeah, VO, coming to a VOD near you? I was just gonna. Roxanne is like, please, let's just move on. Um, no, I was oh, just gonna happening. say that, like, yeah, he. He doesn't play it as interesting as something like I and not this this movie came out before the thing I'm going to reference. So it's not like it's trying to be a comparison or anything. It's just what came later is a better version of a similar story, which is like he's not doomed in the way that Brad Pitt plays Jesse James. doomed, (laughs) Right. Like which has like more layers to it. And (laughs) frankly, because that movie wrestles with the kind of stuff you're talking about, Roxana, right, (laughs) where it's like it wrestles with the fact that he's like, oh, I am an icon and a legend and also like a murderer and a monster. And, a, right. and like all, all of those things can be true. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. never gets there. Yeah, no. yeah. And and that's I think that's part of the problem is that it just doesn't. It's just a little, you know, it's like. It it, it leans more on being like a brave heart esque self-righteous sort of sacrificial story. Right? Yes. Well, brave heart, you know is not good either no no, no that right reason. that's that's right. my like, that's like, my that's like, my point sure. and yeah, i think yeah. like <laughs> and i think <laughs> just like the better way to go is like if you're gonna make it broad at least make it like a good western 
like i don't know like if you're gonna if you're gonna at 100%. least make him full robin hood where it's like he's just ned kelly right and he's just doing his thing yeah killing the cops right do like, better staging with like this yeah bank like, give me a couple and of the shootouts chases and, and yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah and look uh, there's a healthy budget here so it's not right, right like, like, anyway yeah it's anyway it's it's a missed opportunity it's a shame can i get um, james mangold's ned kelly like that would sure. be interesting you know, like that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like, what's what's um, what's my man doing? Isn't he, what's he doing right now? Isn't he doing something annoying? Mangold? Yeah, he's oh, doing like new, Star Wars indie. movies now. I think. Uh, okay. Wait, no. Mangold made the new Indiana Jones. Yeah, movie. but isn't there something else he's doing that's like gonna annoy me? Oh. Probably. Yeah. Oh probably. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Now I think we'll look just, it up. He's just yeah. Making Connor, Disney look it movies. up real quick. I'm gonna just do a quick. Okay, so movie comes and goes, as we said. Right. Um, 04 is kind of interesting. Our next movie's part of it. It's called Haven, as we mentioned. I think it more properly came out in 05, but I think there was a festival run in 04. He does make a movie in 04 that I defend, and I actually love the Bloom performance in, and that movie's called Troy, directed by Wolfgang Can't Peterson. How do you feel yes. about Troy? Is that a real question? Written by David. I fucking love no, Troy. No, I just... I, right, I <laughs> Troy's we've great. interacted on the internet yes. a few times about it, but I never remember, so... My only yeah. problem so he, with Troy is that I learned that Brad Pitt used a thigh double, and I've never been the same. Oh, no! Bradley! I know. Brad. I know. Now, I we know. should say, David David Benioff wrote it, which I think is interesting when Very you watch Game of Thrones, because you can literally see Benioff being like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Right. I wonder if I could do this. Like, yes. Um... So you have Troy, which is obviously a, a essentially a non-mythological rendering of the, uh, uh, what is it? The Aeneid? Not the Aeneid. The Iliad. The, the Iliad. Uh, no. essentially. Yeah, hello, right? Troy's the there. Abridged. The horse is there. There's like The horse fights. is there. But they essentially, there are they fights. take away true. all the mythos and they've kind of put it in a realist sense. Yeah. I like that they did a lot of people when the movie came out didn't like it, really? which I think is such a, such a funny it's just a funny critic thing where it's like, what are the rules? Like, right. I'm like wait, so critics like, like wanted the mythological stuff? I think I think critics were kind of like critics losers. Why take away the f- why <laughs> critics were kind of like why take away the fun stuff, right? And you're kind of like, okay, relax. It's also but, anyway. but here's the other thing. It's like. Did they not watch? Like, that movie it's has so some well, of the fun. fucking best fights in it that I've ever... Yeah. It's so fun. So, so like, fun. Let me all say, the performances are so hammy. Baby well, Garrett and, and Hedlund, yeah. Rose Byrne. Yeah, little baby, yeah. little baby G. Yeah, oh my now, God. let me say, now the thing with Bloom in this movie that I think is so impressive, the and maybe you'll agree with me, he plays Paris. Paris is a really hard character to play because he fucking sucks. sucks. He okay? sucks. In any, ver- in any version of any of this story, this guy is the worst capital W. The literal right? worst. And what I love what I love about Orlando Bloom, and we talk about this on the show a little bit, you got to be a little brave to be a young hottie like Bloom <laughs> and play Paris. The way you said Paris, young hot. He's a young hottie. <laughs> he's like, he would have been what? He would have been not even 30. He would have been like 26. Just a baby. Just a baby out in the wild. Pretty, young, pretty, beautiful boy. Yeah. Like a little beautiful little baby. Very moisturized. Yes. Yeah. Um, Fun fact, this is the movie that Brad Pitt like decided to turn his whole career towards character performances. As he said in interviews. Is it real? It's this movie? Yeah. He said he was on the set of Troy and he realized he didn't like that the camera was always centered on him. Mm, That makes sense. He He said he was in the... 
he was in the middle of too many frames mm-hmm. and he decided he didn't want to do that anymore which i think is an interesting quote no, that's interesting. Uh, i think when he was like doing his oscar his totally unproblematic and totally fine oscar push no problems at all everything was completely okay brad everything Pitt. was fine nothing was happening that he's was great now brad was just doing his thing he's just doing and his we thing all agree. He's a totally fine person mm-hmm. no problems at all mm-hmm. um anyway but but so anyway so what I love about the Bloom performance is he really leans into it. He's just it's an crazy. asshole. It's like really, yeah. And he, but not just an asshole, but like a weak person. Yes. Right. Like he gets beat up. He crawls to his brother. They're yes. like really emasculating scenes. Yes. And if you're Orlando Bloom, like I can picture any agent saying to Bloom, like, "Look, man, uh, don't take this role," you know, because. Of how you'll look on a big screen. And we're talking like likability, right? It's like, it's a yeah, very yeah. unlikable yeah, character. Like, there are no, there's nothing redemptive. Not like he makes, yeah. and not to underscore, you know. not to undersell this performance, but like he makes Eric Bana's job easy in that movie. Yes, right? he does. Like, oh God, like, and Bana's yes. also great. Bon, yes. No, Bana's amazing, but my point is, is like, he that's a credit to Bloom as a performer to just give him that layup of like I'm gonna be so 100%. fucking shitty. The minute you yell at me, the whole audience is gonna be like, I don't want this guy to die because I get him. And then when he well, does and also die, we should say you're like not that guy. Like yeah. and the other guy, and we should yeah. say credit to Diane Kruger for. Uh, who could ever cast Helen of Troy and Wolfgang Peterson does and you're like oh yeah that makes sense yeah (laughs) right which is insane that anyone could be that beautiful that you're like oh yeah but she does a good job too in that like their relationship or whatever it is is believable to me like if we're talking about people who play doomed she plays doomed pretty well I think yeah. you know and that is also it's yeah. not quite yes, to the 100% ex- well said it's not quite to the extent and it's obviously not as good of a movie but that is a movie I would also recommend generally the director's cut yeah, is yeah. uh the extended cut is better. yeah not not to the same degree as Kingdom, no but there's but, a little bit certainly there's like a little bit more different. of her yes. in it there's okay. a little bit there's like more it just yeah, it is like a better cut. got a little yeah. more meat on it anyway but it man. is a better cut um all right, so then we mentioned the same year he makes the movie Haven. It's an on, more of a kind of ensemble movie. Frankie Flowers wrote and directed it, who himself, um, it's set in the Cayman Islands. He's a Caymanian. Cayman, K- K- yeah, I got it right. Caymanian, Caymanian, yeah. Filmmaker, Person Frankie from Flowers. the Cayman. Uh, Grand Cayman. <laughs> um, it's Orlando Bloom, Zoe Saldana, Victor Razak, Bill Paxton, Stephen Delane, Anthony Mackie. And that's Haven. Moving on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I okay. saw it back then, Haven. but I have not seen it since. Yeah. yeah. I, watched Let me it just on, say, I watched it on DVD back then, I remember. Never- so Haven, um, I wrote my letterbox review rewatching this. Um, and I actually, we just said it before. It's very much a movie. And weirdly enough, Bob Yari produced it, who also produced uh, Crash. Mm, uh, of course. Where it's Shock- like, of course. shocking. Mm-hmm. Shocking. You're watching Haven and you're like, Oh, okay. this was just the we, thing I right mean, it now. Fits right 21, in, you know, 21 grams. Yeah. Babble. It fits right yeah. into when we, Trap. Did our, yes. when we did our Penelope you know, Cruz episode. Syriana. We, you know, it's like, we did okay. a movie. But no, Traffic like, and Syriana. No, good. Our, no, no. Yes. yes. I like that. Okay. But it was a I'm trend saying, is the point. It was a trend. Was a, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's just that Dan also said that he didn't like Macbeth. So I didn't know you where just, we were going. Your barometer is totally thrown off. Oh, yeah. look, I, look, I admit I'm in the minority. 
on yeah. not liking Kurzel's Macbeth. I, I, I admit okay. that, you know. So okay. let me just say, okay. happily in the okay. minority, I like, I, look, you've I love been, love. You've been I love that people love. Uh, <laughs> um, you've served your time in yeah. jail. and But so Now you're ready Haven, to move on. Uh, okay. So Haven is, I don't really want to get into too much plot. The, the, it, there's a lot of plot, basically, um, Bloom and Saldana are like the Romeo and Juliet part of the plot. And then you also okay. have this other part of the plot in which you have the Caymans as a tax haven, which is obviously, you know, not news to anybody in which Bill Familiar Paxton, to anyone who has read or watched the firm. Sure. Indeed. Yeah. Um, okay. and, um, so Bill Paxton and Stephen Delane are in business together. There's criminality happening. And basically what spurs the movie is like the, the, I don't know if they're, I don't know if you call them the feds, probably the feds. I believe it's young Bob, Bobby Cannavale. Mm -hmm. They are closing in on the operation. So <laughs> there's a ticking clock in that sense. You have young, I believe it's Agnes Bruckner as um, Bill Paxton's daughter. Yep. And all these lives converge on this island where you have young Anthony Mackey playing a character named Hammer as like a budding crime boss. You have Orlando Bloom's character's name is Shy, which is certainly a name. <laughs> and um, it's Amazing. just, uh, look, it's just a really bad movie. Okay. I don't know mm -hmm. what else to say. It's just a movie where it's, I feel like there's like not a, a lot of. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like a lot of this subgenre of movies, right? Mm. I can see on the page, I might be interested in one of them, but certainly not both or all of them, right? Like, I am kind of I am kind of interested in Bill Paxton as a like man with his like last wits about him trying to like take 24 hours to stash his money away or whatever like right. that. And that's right. granted that's also partially because that's like a register that Paxton yes. would operate beautifully in, right? Like so well, And that, look, look, a local filmmaker making a movie where it's literally and th this movie skirts this where yeah. it's like look a lot of rich, horrible people use this place yeah. as a, a ATM, and it is right. it has destroyed this island. Yeah. Okay. I love that, yeah, and I would right. love to see it. Yeah. Okay, and I would love a local filmmaker to tell me what I don't know. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is ten minutes of this movie, and that's a shame mm -hmm. because it's like if you make, you know, if you give me the Tuki Buki version of of this island where you're giving me a Romeo and Juliet slash Bonnie and Clyde story, but you're also telling me a larger thing about, you know, the economy of, you know, of Grand Cayman because of this illicit money coming in and what it buys and what it doesn't buy, right? Like, cause the idea being like, it buys a lot of things and a lot of it is right. gotten and it causes a lot right. more bad shit to happen. That's kind of the thesis. But you don't really do anything with it and that's such a shame. So this movie I was like I was I was uninterested and then when I was interested I was just mad because it's like because it didn't you have, keep going. 
yeah. you know, Anthony Mackie throws acid on Orlando Bloom's face. Who can't? Like, can, like, we, wait, wait, can we? Can we? I want. I'm I do, sorry. I, we need That's to amazing. fucking. We need to fucking talk about this for like two seconds. It's insane. Because yeah, I do something. think it. And then fits. he becomes like Frankenstein, but he looks fine. It's kills well, me. no, it's the it's the it's the Gerard Butler problem, which is like Gerard Butler cannot be the Phantom oh, of the Phantom, Opera I mean. because yeah, he's too fucking handsome. Otherwise, like it just doesn't. Or it's the what's the is it the um olivia cook and ready player one right where, right, right. It's oh like, my oh, god yeah, i just yeah. I have a birthmark. i have a birthmark i mean that's <laughs> almost that's like the worst that's like the worst version of it like at least i'll say this at least bloom's face like is kind of fucked up like i you know I like know. a little but, bit like a little where but does it how far like, does it go toward rami in no time to die uh, it's it's less it's, it's less, less than that okay. it's and maybe a skosh less than like James Franco in Spider Man Three, like because because again like in Spider Man Three Fra- Franco what a pull. no but you know you immediately see the image right like okay Amen. at least like Franco's face gets like kind of fucked yes. up right like anyway right. at Amen. the beginning of it right. yeah, yeah right my point being <sighs> like yeah. it is it does feel like that thing that I think a lot of times pretty actors do which is like let me take the asset away right like i want right. to like part of the challenge is like let, it's not dissimilar from him playing paris right where it's like mm-hmm. paris is not will turner right like if will turner is him leaning full into like maybe i am the new errol flynn right or whatever maybe like, i am a young hottie hot, yeah maybe hey I am now. A capital y capital h a young hottie yeah Ver, like so Point is, is like this feels right in line with that, and you can see Bloom's a producer on the movie. We should say, mm-hmm. um, so you can see I, it all makes sense, right? Like that to yeah. me, him no, choosing, certainly it does. Him yes. choosing as an actor makes sense. It is just like unfortunate that whole Romeo Juliet thing, and I feel I feel like Saldana's lost at sea, kind of in a really it's a tough role, like really doesn't do her any favors, um, but. It's yeah, I don't know. I I can we quickly talk about the tagline for four hours? If the tagline <laughs> is um can love survive the fall of paradise, which I don't even know what that means. Well, like what does that even mean? This is the other thing. The movie doesn't do a good job of all that we see is that these things are happening adjacent yes. to each other. So it right. never actually finds a way to give you that at least fun aha moment of how they actually affect each other, right? right and yeah. I think all that's on display here, kind of to your point earlier, Dan, is like, it feels like Frankie Flowers had a thought in his head and he was so concerned with like, wouldn't it be cool if that he didn't think about the practicality of like actual narrative execution right yeah. and so he just kind of like puts these two stories on the screen in a way that he doesn't really ever find a way to like dovetail them together but yeah it sounds like when was this i mean i'm sure city of god was after this right before before was, but this feels like a wannabe city of god a little bit this yeah. movie like it feels yeah. god i forgot about city of god that's another one of those movies yeah city but, of god would but have like around a great two. one yeah, like, yeah. 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 A very effective movie. Yeah. And City of God has more, I think, of like that central sort of relationship that we're talking about here. It's like Suriana and Traffic don't really have that. It's like the same sort of structure, but without that like romantic grounding. Mm. Um, but, you know, Orlando wanted us to know that he was an actor. An actor. He wasn't just, just like a... He wasn't just a... Yeah. Young hottie. A young hottie. Like, but, he's, but he which, also... 
was still a young hottie, though, we should say. Yeah, yeah he was, yeah. which yeah. I think is he a can. good way to lead us into Kingdom of Heaven, when he was both the young hottie and, and an actor. Well, <laughs> so, look, yeah, O5 is, look, it's his, uh, it's his, Taylor, it's, Taylor, Taylor Kitsch had 2012. He really uh, did. Savages, Battleship. The famous the three failures. John Carter. John, John Carter. Oh, the my good favorite. One. Yeah, the great one. Which the is the good one. The great, the great one. one. Yeah. Um, it's, so, look, it's not a failure the, in my eyes, okay? Roxana, can you program like a rep screening that's just like the, all the movies we've talked about? That, like, I was like, say, Troy, can, can you put like Troy and John Carter and like, like <laughs> Roxana, Dan, and Connor like these movies? It, yeah. and it's, it's, like, it, no, John it's Young Hotties TM. I probably said this. Like last time we talked, but uh, my partner just describes my taste in movies as guys being dudes, and that's sure, what yeah, all those yeah. movies are. Absolutely. Just guys being dudes. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, O five is his is is equivalent to Taylor Kitsch's twenty twelve because it's basically Kingdom of Heaven and Elizabeth Town come out, and they both kind of, you know. Not kind of, they fully flop, and that's kind of the unfortunate. Right? It's kind of like, that's unfortunate, uh, and that's Bloom, him. No that's thanks. him. Simul- I mean, no, no shade to you know Peter Jackson or Gore Verbinski or whatever, but like that does feel like the 05 version of him being. I mean, he's he had worked with Ridley before, but it does feel mm-hmm. like him capitalizing on like I'm going to work with Cameron Crow. I'm going to work right. with right. Like it's like well, really yeah, the Elizabeth Town one is a little weird because he it was going to be Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. I don't know if you guys Ashton. It was going to yeah. be Ashton Kutcher up until like a month before filming. Yo, and but thank God that it was not Ashton Kutcher. I know. Yeah. Like, and he got, be real. And so Kutcher, <laughs> rather famously now, infamously, Kutcher didn't know his lines during rehearsal, which is an important thing for Cameron Crowe. And Cameron Crowe said, or, you hey, know, man, you a gotta... professional actor, maybe. Well, <laughs> I mean, look, in fairness to Kutcher, the guy's coming from TV. Right. Whatever. No, sure. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but, don't do that. No, no, no. The TV I, schedule I, I, is insanely rigorous. Like, he should know his lines. No, no, no. But no, but I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know that you need to know lines. I I guess my point is just rehearsal is not um, as common as I think people think in movies, right? Like, sure. Cameron Crowe is a, it, that's more rare right. to not, have a lot of yeah, rehearsal. Not a lot of people. Right? Like, to, not, yeah. so I'm not really, I'm not, honestly, I'm not really trying to defend Ashton Kutcher. I'm just saying it's like, Crow, well, you're a Crow's big the pro- ranch head, Crow. so you're big. Uh, <laughs> I love a lot like love, yeah. as you know. Yeah. I don't. Um, anyway, let's just do. Can we just do a brief tangent where I say every time I think about how rich Ashton Kutcher is, I like want to die. Like it's horrible, and <laughs> can I can we it. actually let's take a even a little bit of what are the good Kutcher performances? Are there good Kutcher performances? No. I don't. I mean, I, don't, I guess well, people would say, "Dude, where's my car?" I was gonna say, "I don't." I'm trying to. No think. strings attached. Yeah, I think uh, that's passable. But I'm trying. I what? I feel like your question begs the answer. Like, when is he a value add? Well, right? when I was a young correct. man versus, did, versus just like passing, right? Like, just I was like, gonna say, when I, when I was don't younger, you feel like Ashton Kutcher yeah. benefited from like? Josh Hartnett sort of flaming Definitely. out early. Yeah, Because yeah. I feel like he 100%. just became the tall brunette, like, which should have been Josh's role. I think Hart- Hartnett and Klein, Chris Klein, both, like, oh, not Chris working. Oh, Chris Klein. <laughs> led to the culture a little bit. But also, don't forget, this is, people forget, Kutcher was huge. Because, like, that yeah, movie, I, I was going to say, a, mo- a, movie, <laughs> a movie I loved, which is what it is, when I was very young, was that movie Just Married, 
which was him and Brittany Murphy, Brittany well, Murphy. which was a huge surprise hit. Yeah. So like people do forget, like in 03, Dude Where's My Car was a huge hit. Yeah, Seven Dude Where's My Car was huge. Yeah. And then literally he leads a movie with Brittany Murphy that is like a shock surprise February release. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, okay, mm-hmm. maybe this is a real guy. So it's like- His just general vibe. You know, he's like, the thing with Kutcher is that he was the Ryan Reynolds to Josh Hartnett's Ryan Gosling. But the difference is that like, is that okay, like buddy. The, the difference is that the like sort of the opposite happened on the other side of that comp, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. Kutcher kind of he didn't fade out the way Hartnett did, right? But both of them did not become as famous as the other two on the either side of that equation, right? But the but- difference is like each of those guys were doing the similar thing, where like one was is the more interesting, also handsome version. And the other one is the like far less interesting, sometimes like glibber, yeah, you know, handsome, and version, right? always like, like playing a version of themselves. Yes. So like their yeah. on-screen persona is very much what we perceive their personality to Exa- be. Exactly. And each of them also made a shit ton of like strangely strategic investments. Yeah. Right, <laughs> well, that right. too. Because like Reynolds has like so much money, so much money from like sponsorship and business right. deals and like Mid-mobile. shout out to whoever Ashton Kutcher's financial advisor was because he got like a shit ton of tech money like very right. early on. Uh, and I um, hate them both. So yeah, see, yeah, so you got, yeah, I got it. So the thing with Elizabeth Town, I've always, I've always, I love it very much. I've always said that I understand all the flaws. I get people don't like it. I understand that. Um, what um, do you love about it, Dan? Quick five. Well, yeah. Well, we'll make it a quick three here. Um, when I was in college, oh, so I saw it with my good friend Brian Reinheimer. Shout out, Brian. We both loved it in in the theater. Um, I can't really tell you why. I guess it just struck a chord, and then mm-hmm. we whatever it, it was like a movie we both loved and then in college i it was i would say it was my get through life movie so like if i was having a down oh. day let's say i would put that movie on yeah, so it just in my life became a a you know uh call and response of like my life of like oh i'll put on elizabeth town and you know i'll just kind of chill and and i've seen it many many times obviously and i think I can't really explain it. Um, it's such a weird movie. Bloom is, it's he's very miscast, but I think it kind of works in a weird way because the movie's so fantastical that it's almost like if you buy into like, it's all like, you know, sh- you know Kirsten Dunst is a manic pixie dream girl. Obviously that's where the phrase comes from because Nathan Rabin, he, he coined the mm-hmm. phrase, talking about Elizabethtown, right? And then you can go back and reference stuff like the accidental tourist or, you know, or uh, or Garden State or whatever. But but that's that this is the movie where that phrase comes from. It's just like a it's literally like it's, you know, it's Cameron Crowe dealing with the death of his father in his real life, writing a movie to honor his father. And it's literally like if you if your memories wrote and directed a movie and it was basically 80% incorrect because that's what memories are. That's what Elizabethtown is. And I think mm-hmm. if you Which is funny on... because that feels like what Vanilla Sky is directly about. So it's like, yeah, sure. it's like just yeah, a, which I also, yeah, yeah, like it's a, a movie I also love. I agree, and it's, it's so, just a funny thing. It's interesting, like. Crow certainly in his feelings and whatnot. And I think 
you know, 98% of people are fully not on the wavelength and who could blame him? You know, he builds a suicide chair. It's like the glibest. Oh my you know, for God. For a very serious thing. It's really bad. Oh, he I mean, builds I'm not a really defending it. Yeah. He builds yeah, it's like, terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's very offensive. You could even say, I mean, oh, let's say, right. But, you know, Although you I do easily call it offensive. the opening of that movie. I do. And obviously involves Alec Baldwin, who has no problems whatsoever. Um, I will <laughs> say though, Baldwin is Baldwin I, is great. He, yeah, in I that just movie, though. I'll, I'll say it in like mild hushed tones, but he did, he gives some of the best line no, in the world great. in he's the great. opening. I mean, like, it is what it is. I mean, where he's like, he's like, he's like, you could round it up to a billion dollars, right? When he's yeah. talking about all the money, that or goes, when he anyway. like shows he shows Bloom like the room full of people that he's gonna have to lay off, and he's like, I haven't told any of them yet. Like, he's like we're gonna solve, we're gonna solve climate so change. I'm gonna have, like, he's like, but I'm gonna have to release all these people. Um, uh, all right, anyway. so all right, that's three minutes. That's Elizabeth Town. So I, the movie doesn't I cry do well. a lot lately. Um, what was the so, what was the reaction to Bloom and Elizabeth Town? Were people like he's oh, miscast or yeah, what was? Yeah. Yeah. Deep, yeah, yeah, deep dislike. I think it mm-hmm. was very much this isn't the guy. You know, okay. somewhat famously, the Toronto Film Festival cut was like twenty minutes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like reviled. Um, and so you know, there's a lot, lot to be said. Do for we it. think um, just to segue us into it, right? since we're going to be playing the game of like sliding doors, what if with this next movie a little bit, like if Elizabeth town is better received, do we think kingdom of heaven is better received? Kingdom of heaven came out first. Oh, did it? Okay. So maybe vice versa. We could talk about that. So kingdom of heaven was a summer release. Um, It had the gladiator slot. As we said, it was five years after gladiator. Obviously Troy had done well. Um, well enough let's say Um, Kingdom of Heaven was the end of the brief sword and sandal resurgence right that like Kingdom of Heaven did so bad that any goodwill from Gladiator or Troy was literally like kaput I mean it was a debacle it lost a lot of money right Fox will never make enough money you know (laughs) on Kingdom of Heaven but here's the thing Um, Chris Evans I believe did an interview with Mike Ryan once where he said, if more people saw sunshine, my career would have been totally different. Right. Okay. Which I believe because he's okay. amazing in that movie. And that came out before all the other stuff. Right. Okay. I, I do really believe if the director's cut of kingdom of heaven had come out, Orlando Bloom would have had a totally different career. Like I, I truly believe the difference of those two cuts is so impactful that like in the theatrical cut, his his performance as Balian looks like a half measure and pretty weak. I think that's it, harsh. I don't think it's maybe, that maybe, bad. I, so it Roxanne, could, could were be you harsh. always a fan it, of this movie? It, it, it could yes, be harsh. I was always a fan okay. of this movie. Okay. Yes. So you like the theatrical cut always? Yeah, I think it's okay. fine. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so, so where I come from it is, I was so excited for it. I remember when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I certainly remember being like confused, frustrated, kind of like, what did I watch? I don't really understand what happened. There's like, it's like a non-ending, right? All these things. Um, The setup of this movie, there is a lot that happens, but essentially, right, we are in the period of, I think we're in between the second and third crusades. Um, It's like 11, what, 1194 or something. something. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's like the late 1100s. Okay, Um, yeah. Right, so- 
Richard the Lionheart is like just about to pop off, right? That's okay. like where we are here. So you're in, you're in England. There's a blacksmith in a small town named Balian. His wife has just died by her own hand. She was pregnant with their child. Um, as the body's being buried, you have a group of crusaders coming to town led by Liam Neeson and David Thewlis. Um, Michael Sheen is the local, one of the local priests who is also Balian's brother. Um, they decapitate the woman because she was suicide, all these terrible things. Um, Sheen is so fucking good. In the Sheen's movie. great. Yeah. So, and so it, when we talk about like somebody who's totally fine with being unlikable, what a oh, dick. Man. My boy, just, my boy just fully just leans into huge it. Huge so asshole. <laughs> and so basically, um, Balian is lost and um, Michael Sheen is basically using all of the grief and any kind of well wishes that come from the grief and money to basically steal all that money. And he's like a truly awful person. There's a lot of, in the director's cut, there's many scenes that kind of reveal this. He takes the cross from the dead wife's neck and then ultimately bailing in in a moment of anger, murders his brother, Michael Sheen, once he realizes that he's stolen uh, uh, his wife's cross, among other things, right? So that's happening. While that while that is happening, you have Liam Neeson, who is Godfrey, who's a knight, a crusading knight. He basically comes back to town and is like, hey, man, long time ago, me and your mom, we had smashed. an affair. She, she, we smashed. She was a common <laughs> woman. I was a knight. It wasn't right, though it was consensual, is kind of what right. he says, which is an yeah. interesting scene. Yeah. And, um, it's and like, I didn't rape like, her. Don't he's worry. He's like, you could call it rape, but I don't right. I think she was enjoying it. You're like, okay, buddy. Okay, um, whatever. Yeah. He's like, okay, Godfrey. Um, uh, and so it was weird when Orlando Bloom said that like that. Okay, he was like, okay, Godfrey. And so, so Liam Neeson's basically like, if you want anything from me, take it now because I'm gonna, I'm out of here. So what's up? And Bailey's like, fuck off. I'll see you later. And then, so basically, then he kills Michael Sheen, and he has nowhere else to go. He catches up to Liam Neeson. Um, they, you know, who kind of gives him the out, by the way, when when Balian says like, no, I'm okay. Neeson before he leaves like says like hey you can find us here because he like kind of yeah well, it's like, the line they repeat it at yeah, the end yeah, it's yeah. like go go to where they speak Italian and then go further until they speak something else right yeah. so right he catches up with them uh the kind of the local authorities come after because he's committed murder a battle ensues Godfrey's mortally wounded he dies a couple scenes later he in skipped the over all of the good father son sword training bonding i did like that i know that's you know nice. um, he's like I'm show me what you got this is easily the best like neeson as mentor performance yeah. too Look, yes. I mean, I, yeah. look, hey, I still, Agreed. I Agreed. still I go, oh, every time he dies in Phantom Menace, obviously, but Qui-Gon. like, yeah, he's yeah, he, for, for a sure. dude who has, you know, d- done Many that, mentorships. Yes, done that yeah. version of that performance a bunch of times. This is like, again, even the, yeah. just even the intro of like, hey, I kind of raped your mom, didn't really rape your mom. It wasn't right. I don't know. I don't know how much I yeah right but so yeah. that it's even like i think that alone right because he a lot of this stuff is also largely not in the theatrical cut right, right. i was gonna say that's so, like one of the huge cuts there's two huge things and the, yeah the first act is basically excised yeah. and it's from the and it's one which, of those things that the niece like both the death of the child right 
uh, I think Anne wife, right, are both not in the theatrical. Crowd. No, no, they're no, in, they're in, in the no, theatrical. No, no, they're in you the see, theatrical. like you see her corpse, and they mention okay. that the child has died. They do. I do not think the detail about Sheen being the brother is in there. Okay, and it's just, it's just him having stolen the cross. So he just seems I, like shitty priest in the theatrical. He seems like a shitty versus... priest, and I still yeah, think that's effective for a film that is both reverent and critical of religion as an idea. As a concept, still think sure. that works. Yeah, but no, no, no. Yeah. I, look, I'll, I will say this: I rewatched both in preparation. And, right. I, and I will say the theatrical worked more this time, but it's hard to even know because I love the other version so much. And because it's you like, have the it. knowledge of the other one in your right. head too. Yeah. I think that's it's, a difficult hard, for all right. of us because we've all seen yeah. it. Yeah. Because I yeah. know what's also there. But anyway, certainly, and there's like a lot of stuff too. Like like the elder priest has an amazing scene with Michael Sheen where he's like, he's, okay. like, he's like, the law goes too far. He's like, sometimes I would say, you know, G, what would Jesus, you know, do? Right. And that, like, good there's, scenes that really set up the rest amusing. of the movie. There's more amusing. Yeah, there's definitely yeah, more which, like religious yeah. questioning in the director's cut. And even cut. practical stuff, even practical stuff like in the director's cut, you learn that Balian has been a soldier. Yes. Right? Yeah, which is so, so it, like, crucial. Yeah, it's yes. crucial because he can fight, which then comes back when later. He's, when so he's strategizing like, later on in the movie, you're like in the theatrical cut. You're like, why? Yeah, you're like, why does yeah. this dude the know theatrical, how to do this? Right. The yeah. theatrical is like just sort of implied when Liam mm -hmm. yeah. is like, "Show me what you got." It's like right. I thought of it as like, "Oh, clearly he served somewhere." If he like right. isn't making a complete well, fool like, of himself. Always, you know what? It's not unlike. I mean, this is so stupid, but it's like Will Turner's a blacksmith, and he happens to just sure. be a really good sword fighter. Right. Yeah. Like in the parts of the yeah. Caribbean movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so great fight scene. You get young Nikolai Costa Waldo in that for your money. Um, uh, and anyway, Godfrey knights Balian. And bequeaths him his land. Uh, he becomes Balian of Ibelin, right? Who is a real person. Balian of Ibelin in real life did surrender Jerusalem to Saladin. Mm -hmm. um, that really happened, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of the only thing about Balian that's true, which right. they fully acknowledge, which who, I mean, oh, fine. fine. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they go to- Do we also uh, need to point out that like Orlando Bloom and Liam Neeson are supposed to be French? <laughs> I, I honestly mean, I, sure yeah, i didn't even think about that but sure of course uh, it's, it's french more, no i mean in the same way it's the troy they're thing, british right? french it's like you know, it's yeah the, it's honestly the yeah i'm so appreciative that no one is trying a french the accent same way, it, the same way russell crowe's a spaniard and gladiator yeah. like yeah if you watch the miniseries chernobyl everyone is like russian british that's fine i would rather yeah, that than <laughs> it's like, like tom cruise just doing american accent for valkyrie thank god that's right. fine like, can you like, yeah. fucking imagine german tom cruise no yes um so basically i'm just gonna skip over some stuff just because i just want to talk so basically this leads balian to jerusalem right and he is quickly thrust into political intrigue where you have these factions of crusaders you know um uh the the more uh fucked up you know faction you have, the, you, have the temp, you have the templars right the templars yeah, want yeah the do knights, we need to explain Templar. what the crusades yeah, were I, no we can well I, they, they basically this faction wants to start a war with saladin right and so 
man the who leper... was saladin and what 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 religion <laughs> did he represent he was technically a sultan right he's syrian yeah. in, in egypt is he both is he egyptian and syrian or is he my understanding always was that it's more Syria. It's more that's like how that. The movie presents it. Yeah, as that's how the movie portrays it. I think because the actor yeah. is Syrian. Um, right. Yeah. He, let me just say, so good. This guy, such a amazing. Is, and I'm gonna make sure I get Gassan, his name right. Masood, by the way, oh, is solid. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. He's so good. I mean, basically, the general vibe is like at this point, like just for anyone who like I don't know didn't learn about the Crusades or whatever is yeah it's like the pope and like catholicism right and they are fighting with like muslims and the sultan over jerusalem so when uh when orlando bloom gets to jerusalem he is entered into like i would say there are what like three three factions right there's like the knights templar who are acting i would say on behalf of the pope and so they are like killing muslims which is not okay in jerusalem because jerusalem is led by a king who has like brokered a peace with the muslims and has allowed them yeah right and has allowed them to like live and coexist in jerusalem so like there are and that was basically true right that, yes that was yeah. that did happen more or yeah. less in real yeah. life right so like when orlando bloom gets on the scene there are uh christians catholics whichever uh who are like no we want all of jerusalem for ourselves and we're gonna start doing some like petty shit to, right. <laughs> to start some warfare so uh i would say that yeah, they start pillaging and, and yeah you know whatnot yeah yeah so i would say that's where that's i don't want to say that's really where the movie begins but of course that's like where most of the dramatic conflict is well, and that's we're right. in like the second hour at this point of yeah the, he walks so he basically stuff. walks into a kind of a, a powder keg right where you have right. edward norton playing king baldwin who is kind of famously the leper king he wears a kind of a gilded mask which also was real um and you have such an amazing piece of like image making though in this movie with that mask edward norton who is obviously a very acclaimed actor i i don't know that he's given it's like three better performances yeah like he's i think great in this movie Mm -hmm. i love him and i was actually saying to my wife kelly there's the scene and i think bloom is great in this movie but there is a scene between uh, King Baldwin and Balian and I said to Kelly I was like I have to say this if the guy acting opposite you is like stealing the scene from you and he's wearing a gilded mask I feel like you gotta be like <laughs> I gotta maybe get a little older starring right. an Amazon Prime show anyway mm-hmm. um, but so you have so as you mentioned uh, uh, Roxana you have Martin Sokas is Guy de Lusignan who like Just is up. part of this Templar faction major shitbag Gleason, really bad R- Renaud de Chatillon is like his second in command and then also shitty that's Ava Brendan Green for people keeping Ava score. Ava Green is Sibylla, who is got who is um, Baldwin's sister, yeah. who is married to Martin uh, yeah. Guy de Lucien. And so we're saying Guy, but isn't it? Is it Guy? 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy, yeah. Guy. Guy? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying Guy. It's Guy. My apologies. Um, so just some Guy. Yeah. 
yeah. guy, guy, what's up, guy? And so, <laughs> so, um, the person who suffers the most from the theatrical cuts, cuts, is Eva Green. Absolutely, yeah. because there is a whole part of this film in which she has a son that is fully excised, and yeah. it is such a crime. You cannot yeah. even begin. I would teach in a class like do not do this because her whole motivation is fully stolen in the theatrical cut to the point where it, her character not only doesn't make sense, but like is actively an antagonist in her. And decision. feels okay. and like feels more offensive in the theatrical cut, kind of like. Oh, but fully. I, no, no, I guess, that, I guess that's what like, you mean by antagonistic, because it does just feel like this, like person out of place enthralled with the exotic exoticism of it almost like i'm giving eva versus green someone who's in like the director's cut actually an lived oscar <laughs> yeah. i'm giving eva green in the director's cut an oscar and i am in in the theatrical cut i'm being like ava green oh, I, I wish she had done you know like it's yeah. like a f so different and like, yeah and it really speaks to kind of you know actors are only as good in some cases as like what is on the screen right it's like a very common you know, complaints you'll hear actors say is like, ah, oh, you know, I gave a better performance on the cutting room floor. It's like that's not untrue in mm -hmm. a lot of cases, right? And I think this mm -hmm. movie is an interesting example. And um, and part of her key, yeah. kind of just the whole side C plot here with her is Baldwin is a leper, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and that's hence the Gildan mask, all that stuff, and. And his um, like ailing health, which Orlando Bloom comes at a time where that's happening. Where that's so, happening. Yeah. yeah. yeah so Baldwin like when died when he was twenty nine. Yeah. Um, so like in when real life, he's dying at this point. I, yeah. So like when Orlando Bloom arrives, because I'm just I'm gonna call him Orlando Bloom the whole time. He's <laughs> like there is already this sense that like things could potentially change very drastically in Jerusalem, right? Which is why yeah. he is on the offensive. Why yeah. Sibylla is like concerned because she can sense that like things might happen. Um, so all of that yeah, tension for her is son, like, her son's yeah, too young. It's already right. there. Yeah. So yeah. So then I want to throw it back to Connor. Connor was yeah, like explaining the storyline, like the, the whole thing with the son. And I guess I mean we're in full spoilers at this point. If you yeah, whatever. Movie, if I you suppose, were listening to this and it, you didn't expect spoilers, it, shut up. But it honestly doesn't matter because like you up. could watch the the it, it the movie. This movie fucking rules. Um, well, this isn't this is a spy. Yeah, you can't. This is a the, spoiler proof movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, in my yeah. opinion. And but anyway, so it turns out at you know they do some tests on the kid because she pours, she accidentally not pours like deliberately, but like he accidentally gets hot wax from signing a seal. This is after Baldwin has died and he is sort of the interim King. Right. Yeah. And right. she is queen, queen regent as it were. Right. Um, I'm using my Tom and Cersei situation. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and no Tom and she right, never stood a chance, buddy. Yeah, um, the poor, the poor son. Kind of similar, but almost a semi similar thing. But basically, you know, well, they want they want to puppet the kid, right? And so she does not want that to happen. And her worst fears are confer confirmed when some he's doing like one of his royal seals, and he gets hot wax spilled on his hand, and he doesn't respond. So the she like takes him to the. Uh, you know, the doctors and they're like, OK, we'll do some tests and spoiler alert, he's got leprosy. Right. And yeah. so that 
sends her just into a spiral of like, well, now what's the point of anything? Right. 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 Um, and it I becomes has a son this... I love very much, but yeah. I was living for and he won't live. I just saw my brother die this agonizing death. And right. she basically comes clean to bailing about this and kind of the, between her and anyone who politically knows what's good for Jerusalem insofar as what's going on versus it being in the hands of Guy de Lusignan if he were to happen to take power, which he's clearly angling for. Anyone, everyone kind of not so tacitly urges Orlando Bloom like, yeah, you could probably... Well, so we haven't even mentioned Jeremy Irons. Yeah, who's amazing in this movie. Tiberius, who's like so the good. king's... We can't right mention everyone be because everyone is good. Yeah, everyone is in the movie. He, but he's introduced. We haven't even mentioned Alexander Sadiq is so good too. Yeah. Um, but so basically, Tiberius is like, "Yo, uh, if we kill Guy, right? Will you marry?" And also, Baldwin says this. Actually. Yeah, Baldwin yeah. is like, if, if, if Guy was out of the picture, aware. yeah, yeah, everyone, Spilla, yeah, yeah, everyone's and, and like, you guys flirt with your eyes. Very sexually tense. Right. You clearly right. like each other. You're a couple yeah. of right. young hotties, capital Y, young capital hotties, <laughs> Just um, get with it. And Orlando Bloom is like, is he like, I'm too honorable? A... He's like, yeah, well, no, look, he, hang on. He does and have one on. of the Wait, best we... lines in the movie at the, in this response. This, yeah, for me, yeah. is the whole movie. Okay. When he okay. says it's to be a kingdom of conscience or nothing. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. me, for me, that is, like, look. And we, we, we'll get to this, but like, look, I was raised Catholic, okay? I have lingering Catholic tendencies. I lapse as much as anybody, but like this movie is really important to me because it's like literally what I feel about religion, mm -hmm. where it's literally sure. like 98% of it is the worst shit ever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But there is 2% that is like the best shit ever. And that's the hard thing about religion, right? Is like, and as somebody who grew up in it, and obviously like it's a different thing, but like this, I don't know that I've I've seen another movie in my life capture exactly how I feel about like, you know, most of the deaths in the world that were not natural were caused by religion. And yet how many lives were saved probably not as many but like it's a really really nasty bit of business right sure. and i think this movie gets to it and when and when Balian says that it re it informs it informs the third act obviously it informs everything it's like it's in the director's cut it's it's a theme throughout the whole thing and i think it's an important thing because basically he refuses it he's like i'm not gonna let you assassinate gee um well because it's, it's this kills it's her son. It's an acknowledgement and an indictment at the same time, like the whole movie is, right? Where it's like, it's it's Balian being like, look, isn't not killing the whole point? So like, right. if we do that, right. then what? Right. Then 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 all of this is bullshit, right? And right. he's sort of, do he's flying that in the face of, like we said, Tiberius and Baldwin and Sibylla to an extent where it's like, they've already acquiesced to like, well, it's all bullshit. Right. Like to, to a degree, they certainly have other things that they believe in or whatever. But like the general sort of sacristy of it, they're kind of like, ah, I don't know. And he's like, you know, it's this it's a very um, Balian. If, like if Balian was a Game of Thrones character, he would die like immediately. So 
Yeah, right? Like, like, well, he, well, he, well, he literally, what are you uh, talking about? He is a Game of Thrones. No, he's, no, like, he's Eddard. Yeah, no, no, he's right. A, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, right? literally like he would, like, he would mean, just be the person that you'd be like, okay, when it, like, after that scene where he basically yeah, sh- that whole, shuts that whole down. That whole Bean is the only one yeah, following by the rules, this, right? Yeah, like, it's like, if this were whole, Game of right. Thrones, Balian gets killed in the scene after he talks to Sibylla, and she's like, yes. hey, will you please kill my husband? And he's like, yes. I'm sorry, I can't, right? He would yes. die in the next scene yes. 100%. She'd be like, right? you gotta go. Yeah, You're yeah, not gonna no, kill right, him, right, you right, gotta right, go. Right, right. And yeah, I, I, also, like, and I yeah. love that this movie doesn't do that to her, right? I right. love that it doesn't get to the melodrama high bullshit of it all where it like it follows through on her arc and motivations in a way that makes the most sense, which I, which I really like. Um, but yeah, it's... So after that happens, basically, then the full on sort of attack, Saladin's attack against Jerusalem comes. Commences. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, because I feel like we also need to preface it with like, Guy is like engineering secret first. attacks of like yes. the Muslims. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. Guy yes. is already yeah. creating instability. In the movie, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. the movie, uh, they like, Guy draws first blood, right? right. Like that's right, and so yeah. Saladin then commences an attack because the whole time Jeremy Irons Irons keeps warning like they have a bigger army, they have okay. a bigger army, like we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose, okay. and then they like immediately lose, okay. right? So they're well, in we retreat say, mode. So this, just because director's cut wise, this is where we're like getting to intermission, which is like an amazing spot for an intermission because Balian basically, against his better judgment, kind of like he's just like all right well we work for these people so let's fucking do it and mm-hmm. basically they wind up you know they wind up kind of following through on what would have been a failure were it not for like balian having given himself a reputation as a good person so that saladin and his men are like all right you know let's we're not going to kill them right well, like, like, Sadiq, not right? just not just yeah. saladin and his men but alexander Sidig. Stealing the show, right. yeah, sitting. But we, I, I, I was gonna say, I they, was glazing Siddig over is the we, one we did glaze over the what sets that up, right? Yeah, of they, course. Well, I was just gonna yeah. say they have an encounter where Siddiq is like, "Oh, this guy's legit." Yes, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. So he, his life is spared because yeah. of that encounter, and um, I, I love later when Saladin's like, "Maybe you should have killed him," right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, the, it's because the, yeah. the siege isn't working. I love <laughs> yeah, that. Or great. the siege is working. It's great. But Saladin has the other. We should say Saladin has the um, Ghassan Masud has the other great line in this movie, right? Where they're at a detente during yeah. this, this like ongoing siege, and um, <laughs> and Balian's like, "What is Jerusalem, what is Jerusalem worth?" Right? And 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 Saladin's like, "Nothing." And everything, right? It's like yeah. I'm just telling you. I know these are lofty oh, see, lines. See, that's and you so can, like, interesting that you think that's the line because to you me, hate, you know, like, what's, well, no, I do. But to me, Saladin's yeah. line when Balin is like threatening to burn down all of Jerusalem, when Saladin is like, "Yeah, maybe you should," right? Oh, no, yeah, it's, yes. it's that. True. I mean, that whole scene is like yeah. is the thesis of the movie, right? It's like the, it's like wrapped up yeah. in this in this whole thing. But even like. Even before yeah. that, you get all the great stuff leading up to basically, you know, the ultimate kind of, uh, you know, quick rise and fall of Brendan Gleeson because he threatened no. Saladin's sister, captured Saladin's sister. Okay. They wind up essentially executing him for it. 
um, which is extremely satisfying. But after sort of the like, I don't want to say retreat because it's not really a retreat. It's just like no. literally a failure that they happen to luck their way out of because of Balian's good moral conscience or whatever his reputation. But it is then immediately seen and is this like, oh, hey, he like wasn't a conquering hero, but that's what kept everybody alive. That's great. And everyone's like, we fucking love Balian. And Martin Sokus is like, God fucking damn, damn it. it. And then that's when we get our intermission, which I think is beautiful. It's like yeah. such a great spot. Because that's the other thing. I wanted to just use this. We, we don't, I'm just going to use it to mention it once here. But like, I... I think intermission should be a thing again, right? Especially 100%. in long movies, 100%. but not not only like not only just because of length, but also because like a well placed intermission narratively so helps your movie, like so. Bro, just Titanic, yeah, the best, yeah, right. Tape one to tape two, yeah, dude, that is the best. <laughs> I still think Lawrence of Arabia is the best, but yeah, it oh, heightens. Sure. I'm, yes. like, I'm kind yeah. of kidding, but it yeah, like yeah. heightens I mean, that's the like narrative the tension of, of your movie. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes, yeah, it's it's amazing, and like, I mean, this. Though movie, I don't know Titanic. I believe you'll have your headlines, Mister Ishmay. I yeah, also think that Hateful Eight, Eight has a good intermission. It does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Hatefully, it does as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they, but they exist. Is my point. And like, obviously, like you know, you have you know, you have the David Leans of the world and the mm -hmm. Kurosawas who were like fucking. I I watched now that's become a full tangent, but I watched Redbeard with Jordan Raup at Film Forum uh, uh last year, like a year ago at this point, and I'd never seen it, and I was just so struck by like where the intermission is placed in that movie because it's just this full on like. He's just this doctor who then who gets attacked by all these people. And then he just with one hand and in a defensive way, Mifuni just fucking like destroys all of them. <laughs> like while also being like, hey, I like hit you in this nerve. Do this to make yourself feel better because I'm a doctor and whatever. And like then it's the intermission and you're like, oof, what the fuck is this? That's movie amazing. And so, that was the, yeah. anyway. the last the last mifuning, right? Yeah. Um, but really, anyway, that, that's really all to say. Them. I yeah. not only does the director's cut of this movie because we should say there are technically, technically three cuts, right? There's the theatrical, the directors, and then there's the roadshow version, which is what what I'm speaking to because it really does like, I don't know. To me, at least as a viewer, it creates the whole fucking atmosphere. Like I was saying to you guys, like when that overture kicks in, it's like. Like, yeah, I just was watching Great it and, score, and like yeah. had a moment where I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like this, it feels to me, it hits the same way that like numb encore hits in the theatrical cut of <laughs> Miami Vice. <laughs> like, it's Miami. just this thing. But do you know what I, I don't know. You just know what I mean? Like it just yes. hits and yep. you're like, I'm fucking in, baby. Yeah, Let's go. I'm ready like, to so go. Good. It is great. Yeah. It's yeah, so good. 100%. Um, and the Rocho version is Ridley's preferred version. He yes. said that, yeah, obviously. And, um, but it's and, got and the whole deal. It's so. got an overture and an um, entract and all, all that. Yeah, chance. William Monaghan wrote the script. He yep. had They were trying to make his movie Tripoli, which was a different thing. And they couldn't get it made. Or they just had fallen apart a couple of times. And so as that's happening, Ridley says to Monaghan, like, hey, I've always wanted to make a Crusades movie and I've never really had an in. Mm -hmm. I've never had a good script. Mm -hmm. And um, Monaghan happened to be kind of a Crusades fanatic. He, like, was a history buff always and loved this period of time and kind of, he always thought the in was pre-Lionheart, surrender of Jerusalem, bailing of Ibelin, and he wrote the script. So here's here's what I'll say, right? And obviously what ha happens to the rest of the movie is Balian, he... They 
fend off Saladin. There's like a whole Spartacus enough. gladiator style. He trains people. Right. Yeah. Yep. They they fend him off long enough for the women and children to to get away. And well, not he, even get away for long. Well, en- long enough yeah. for for Saladin to basically agree. Like, yes. okay, this is going on longer than I want. want. Yeah. And he negotiates. That's, the that's what leads to right. the beautiful scene that we were just talking about, which Whatever. is like the best scene in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And so. What's interesting about this movie is it comes out in 05. We're actually, we're, we're obviously, um, you know, four years after 9-11. Um, this makes, th- that makes this movie very politically charged, obviously. Sure. I think it's incredibly, um, you know, look, I think it's brave and interesting for everybody involved that they made the movie. I think, you know, obviously the subject matter in that moment is super interesting. Dan, now, let me just why say do you find it brave and interesting? Well, brave to make it, don't you think? At the to time, because it was hugely, the, I feel like it would be hugely unpopular to make a movie like this, right? Like, well, I'm, I was, just, yeah. I'm just trying to get oh, yeah. it laid out because yeah, of no, no, like no, the, because, rampant, yeah, because say, the rampant yeah. Islamophobia well, of the time. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, and this is my point. So as you said, Roxana, you said the theatrical cut isn't so bad. No. I would agree with you, especially given the reviews and the receipts where you can like, re- I mean, I, look- like you, we, yeah, America, you know, Bad. a flawed place. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and let me say, Jesus Christ, like, and pun a little intended with the movie we're talking about. Cause like, cause look, this movie, Ridley Scott's movie, as we mentioned before, is very much like, I'm going to make a movie where the most rational person in the film is Saladin. Okay. I mean, basically, right? Okay. Balian, I guess. But, you know, kind of the secret truth, not so secret truth of the movie, is it's really Saladin. He's the the most sensible person in the film. And certainly you can read in basically every review, nobody in this country was comfortable with that in this movie. And it's it so reads gross. in a way that is like very tough to yeah. like stomach. And it really is very sad. And like, in 20 years later, I'm like, it's like, it really feels to me like the pinnacle of Ridley Scott's career and like the cash in for like every Thelma Louise, Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Rain, you know, whatever hit movies he's made. I do um, love that you snuck Black Rain into it's a big hit. It's a big <laughs> no, but I just, you know, in the, you know. like, I just I mean, love no, it in the face this movie, of, yeah, so, you know, I, I, right, and I just there's love an it. Iron, I say it as someone who loves, there, I, I suppose. I, I lo- obviously love but, Black Raid, but I do just but, love that you, like, put it in there. It's alien. like, th- Alien, Thelma and Louise, Blade <laughs> Runner, <laughs> and, of course, Black Raid. <laughs> White Squall. <laughs> not a hit. White Squall, not a hit. Um, but um, G.I. Jane, kind of. Okay. Uh, but but certainly, what do you think, Roxana? I mean, would you, what is this, where is this Ridley-wise for you? And then, I guess, uh, in other context, you know, any other context, but this is a this is a good question because I think well, let me answer the first thing first. Where does this fall yeah. for me for Ridley? I think it's probably my highest Ridley drama. Cause I think Blade sure. Runner will always be like my top Ridley. Um yeah. and I think this is like slightly under gladiator for me in terms of like sure gladiator is like pure blockbuster like i can quote sure. that shit all the time um right. but i agree with you that like 
this movie feels brave and i think i will be more specific about why i think that is i think this movie feels brave because it does things that are as uh still shocking for uh mainstream american movies as showing muslim people praying sure just living their lives normally uh just like hanging in jerusalem feeling like without feeling like it tokenizes them either like they're yes. like all full ca- like all the muslim characters in this movie are like full characters with agency yeah. and like perspective yeah. and yes yeah. and they're very much there are lines of dialogue in this movie that i think are sort of um i don't want to say they're like offensive but they feel to me like a certain perspective like when i was rewatching that scene where like all the muslim men are praying uh it is balian and sibylla like watching it and she's explaining to balian that like the muslim faith is about like submission whereas jesus tells you to decide and there's part of me that's like that's i don't know there's something about that that feels like you're trying to position right doesn't she kind of feel like a little bit of like a culture tourist though so like would be that would be her read on it yes yes i think that's fair but i don't think every viewer would necessarily pick up on that so i think there are people who will hear that line and be like oh jesus lets you figure it out and muslims are not like that that too yeah Yeah, exactly so i think there are little moments in this movie like that that don't track for me but i agree with you that like the fact that all of these characters are like real fully fledged people with like desires and motivations well even like right like, is it the nephew of Saladin or is it the son who is like, who, who is the younger man? I can't remember now. I don't. Who's related to Saladin. But remember his whole I thing is he's like, you're being, I think it's nephew. He's yeah. like, you're being too, like you're being too lenient. Yeah. Right? You're his being whole, too like, like conciliatory basically. And right. Saladin Which is, is like, like that's, don't tell me what to do. I love, but I like, but I love that that's in the movie. Like I always think of the World War II movies okay. where, <laughs> You have the general who, or, I can't think of his name, I'm, I'm part of the problem, who like organized Pearl Harbor, uh-huh. who's like a famous general. There's always like the two scenes in all of those older World War II movies where he's like, yeah, he was pretty ruthless genius, but there's like no agency at all. He's like an yeah. automaton who's like, just like yeah. Pearl Harbor. We yeah, won't he's do like a, cuts back. He's like a force of nature or whatever. Yeah. It's like, like in the Michael yeah. Bay, you know, the Michael Bay movie, yeah. Midway, yes. like all these movies. Yes. Anyway, so you don't have that here. You don't it's have more, that here. More, yeah, but you do have these scenes that I think are like really, I mean, from a staging perspective, they're beautiful to look at. And I also think they're just beautiful. Like I think of like Baldwin and Saladin like meeting out on the battlefield mm. and trying to like negotiate this truce and Saladin being like hey I'm going to send my doctors to you because like I know that you're dying like I will offer that to you because I respect you as a person we respect each other as people so like I love yeah. all of that and I think there is this really beautiful moment I don't remember if this is in the theatrical or if this is just in director's cut where like uh they've left the Catholics or Christians or whomever have left Jerusalem and like Saladin comes in and like picks up a cross that got like knocked over and puts it like in a beam of sunlight. I think that there are these moments that reflect that 
Islam acknowledges Jesus Christ. It like acknowledges right. Christianity. And I think I'll be honest, like the very cynical part of me thinks that this movie would also flop now. Like I just don't right. think oh. yeah, yeah. that there is an American audience, a widespread American audience for this film, uh, which is incredibly depressing. But I do think that it's like one of the most nuanced things that Ridley has done. And for me, it feels like the most of a type with something like The Last Duel, because I think it's very interested in like shifts in perspective and Mm. like the slight variations in your path as a soldier, as a wife, as a mother, as a king, and like how those choices and decisions lead you one way or another and like the director's cut i think really uh digs into that perspective of the world and like where faith falls into that so yeah dan i mean Mm -hmm. like i was raised muslim probably not a good muslim no not probably definitely not a good muslim like quote unquote good (laughs) but like watching this movie makes me think about like the lessons with which i was raised and the reverence for certain parts of the faith that I still think are really beautiful and impactful for me. Um, And I Mm -hmm. can't really think of like any American films besides this one that do that. Sure. It's arguable whether this is an American film, but like, you know what I mean? Western, I guess. Western Western film. I think, I just think it's funny, you know, I'm a lover of, epic flops sure and i think part of why i am is because so often the context is so fascinating so like heaven's gate comes to mind ishtar whatever and it's like this is right there with them times you know look if if you you know this is one of i've watched this, i've rewatched this movie many times it's one of my absolute favorite movies like forget about ridley scott i mean just movies i have seen okay. like it is certainly my favorite ridley scott movie it is one of on any given day, you I would call it, you know, one of my favorite movies. Like, so it's a very important movie to me. And I think it's just special in, in that it happened at all. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you. If it came out now, it, it would make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Frankly, if the director's cut came out now, I don't know that it would financially do better. I just think maybe critically there. I yeah, think I, was, I think that's would do fair. Better. Yeah, I think that's probably but, true. Yeah. yeah. But I think it all holds true where it's like, yeah, I mean, I think. The older you get, and I think we probably all were young when 9-11 happened, and I think I didn't obviously appreciate the context of whatever, you know, racism was doing to this movie at the time, certainly, but to look back and reflect, I mean, my God, it's like the pass that that act of terrorism, you know, and I use pass, you know, in quotations, Mm -hmm. right? Like that that the past that that act gave this country like uh, i mean will i mean is the egregiousness of it mm-hmm. is like it's like you know what it, you know what it's uh, you know what it's you know oppenheimer's coming out mm-hmm. right so w- it, there will be a similar um conversation about what that movie's about and about those bombs. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to certain generations, there is a very deeply held opinion that I don't think is correct. Um, <laughs> but 
but is it really speaks to what these things do to us. And I think it's like, it's a very, it's a very American thing, you know, and I think that speaks to the selfishness of Americans. And I think it speaks to kind of the exceptionalism with which we are raised. And I think the fact that this movie doesn't contain that and in fact contains the opposite, right, is, is, you know, the bar could not be lower. Amen. So and let's say that. Especially considering like. But it's important. I, the other way in this, like the other, not to keep bringing up the last duel, but the, I feel like the other way that each of these movies are extremely similar is like, I think this movie got written off at the time of like, oh, Ridley's just making his anti-Iraq war crusades movie. Right? right. And it's like they're, they're boiling it down to something that's like, he's certainly, he's certainly allowing that to be part of the context of the movie. Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly. Right. Mm -hmm. Like. But he is all like, but he's also not paying. He's not bending over backwards to make it explicitly those things or explicitly right. draw those comparisons. And frankly, it just more so speaks to the viciousness of both events that you could depict them next to each other and be like, yeah, it's pretty similar. Right. Like all these years. Right. Like the same way, like the last duel comes out and it's like the reductive thing of like, oh, he's making his medieval me Too movie. I'm like, well, yeah, it's kind of that adjacently. But like, it's also many other things and just so ha like what he's talking about just so happens to be this horrible thing that we have a hard time recognizing. I will, with that, like I will forever <laughs> love the genius of The Last Duel is to let the last part be written by the best writer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like Nicole Halsener, who's funny as shit, making the third act of that really kind of serious movie be hysterical amazing absolutely incredible is like yeah you know aside from the horribly traumatic thing that happens but like the 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 incredibly funny moments that you get in that last 30 minutes i mean mm -hmm. what a gift what a, mm -hmm. what an absolute gift that is and um anyway yeah i just think yeah look ridley's a complicated guy i mean for me look my thing with ridley i you know He's definitely in my Mount Rushmore. I think, you know, in, up, you know, top of the dome, you know, him, Spike Lee, Terrence Malick and David Lean are kind of like the people that I think about most often. But but um, but but um, I guess Kubrick, my favorite movie. I don't know. But uh, but Ridley, what I love the most about him is he is decidedly not an auteur. And that yeah. is why I love him. He's like our William Wyler. He's our Michael Curtiz, right? It's like, I want, I, those are my directors. Like, I, look, we all love PTA. Cool. We all, some of us like Wes Anderson. Great. Quentin Tarantino <laughs> makes movies too. Okay. And they have style and that's look, awesome. And I'm, I'm, very proud take, of all I'm gonna take it. Quentin and Wes over a late era PTA, PTA. any day. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and that's fine, and I get it. I so I I like it. Have a style, cool. But what I don't like is not at the expense of like workaday awesome people who okay. make a bunch of different cool movies. Like, can it not be both? Why are right. we like? I think the thing with the thing that I hate with, with the Ridley stuff is just like, ah, Ridley sucks because he makes like a lot of different movies, and some are good and some are bad. I'm like, okay, 
like you know quentin made death proof let's fucking relax a little bit you know what i mean like even though a lot of people like death proof i really like death proof. Like death proof. i'm just Damn. stating my opinion these offhand okay. opinions are so we offensive <laughs> oh my goodness roxanna has actually now yeah she's leaving yeah like i really I, I have to go. let me just say let me say this with death proof uh, i do need to rewatch it i will say that um but that's why I like Ridley. And I know we're, I mean, we're, we're going long anyway. So, but, but, but kingdom of heaven, watch it, ingest it, celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bloom is a treasure in it. We haven't uh, talked about Bloom at all. It, we should talk about a little yeah, bit yeah, about we, Bloom. He's a treasure. I just, it makes me, it, it makes me sad to watch uh, because of Bloom. Like, because just because that thing of what you mentioned before dan which we've always talked about which is just that thing of like you're like oh man like you're just getting you're getting a glimpse into oh, like a, a, a movie star and a, a performer yeah. that he could have been and you're like fuck me man like, i just think like the paris thing he almost didn't take this movie because he had just done troy right yeah. so like and it i think the paris thing is like a good example of like it's that you know the bravery of taking the role this is a similar thing like he surrenders at the end of this movie right like you know sylvester stallone you know like vin diesel dwayne johnson these people have like oh i can't lose a fight whatever like they are not going to do that you know what i'm saying like you know you know could you get russell crowe to surrender maybe like Stallone made copland right in which that kind of happens and he so dis he so did not appreciate the reception he like never did it again you know what he did there (laughs) and it's his best movie it's his best performance though i mean i think i think the thing about orlando in this is like yes he agrees to surrender and that is like a similar sort of like uh similar to the likability question of troy and that he's allowing himself to be like defeated or if you want to read it this way like emasculated humiliated whatever but but i feel like what's great about this movie is that like it knows that bloom has limitations right like you're putting him in all of these scenes with these like exceptional actors and we talked about him getting out acted by edward norton behind Mm. this mask and in like a mummy like costume because as a leper like he can't be touched right you're putting him up against yeah. Neeson. I mean, like, it's fucking Liam Neeson. Yeah, we irons. can joke about yep. his career now, but, like, he is an exceptional actor. You're putting up against all of these people who are very good. And I think Bloom is just compelling enough to be this sort of, like, good guy without being boring. I think all of his, yeah. like... Mm. reactions are very interesting i think you can very easily chart him uh like the audience as someone who is like whoa what's all this like what have i gotten myself into yeah Yeah. and it helps that he doesn't i mean and i'm not saying this to be mean but like he doesn't speak a lot no like it is a it is a performance born out of reaction right like it's all him absorbing that is is a skill to make it seem like you are listening and involved and active mm-hmm. in Engaged, a scene yeah. with very little dialogue is a challenge. And he yeah. does it yeah. with Ava Green. He does it with Jeremy Irons. He does it with pretty much everybody. And I think he does it yeah. very well. And so yeah. I just, I, the other thing too is that like we talked a lot about in Ned Kelly, the fact that he is like very beautiful in that movie, like in a very delicate way. 
But I think yeah. here, mm. like, he does really well with these fight scenes. Like, Ridley is yeah. doing that thing where he, like, slows weapons down mid-scene. He loves that, like, fractured that. frame thing. Yeah. And yeah. that can be sort of goofy. But, like, none of the action scenes in this movie feel, um, like, out of place to me. Like, Orlando does not feel out of place within them, if that makes yeah. sense. Right. So I just, I don't know. I think he's doing a lot of, like parrying in this movie like carrying a narrative that is very big but making it approachable through that character and 100%. and agree with that like it's so see i'm gonna think about the thing you said about like active listening okay. forever now because it is really like there's such a difference between performers who can do it versus okay. performance but performers who can't um but it's, you know it's, who's like you know I'll give you an, you know who's not good at it like just an example Robert Downey Jr. Like yes. great actor great a, great actor but like but like leads yes right yeah and if you ever watch him in a quieter performance it's like it was always the, I like the singing detective but uh, his the Dan Dark performance like when he's in when he's like receiving stuff in the ch in the bed, you know, cause yeah, he's yeah, yeah. bedridden uh -huh. in life. Yeah. It just does, it doesn't play at the same Whereas way. like counterpoint, you know? I feel like Cruz is great at it. Like I think so Cruz much of what Tom Cruise is doing in like Mission Impossible movies is just like listening right. to it's some shit listening. and like recalibrating yeah. his performance. But Connor, what were you going to say about No, about no, no, it? all I was going to say is that it's, it, I feel like maybe Ridley Scott had written down on a notepad somewhere, but he never showed it to Bloom. Is that like <laughs> he doesn't belong here, right? Yeah, and yeah. like it feels like why he picked him, and it feels like yeah. how Bloom plays the part, and it feels like that how he carries himself through the movie. And it's one of those like meta things that the audience also kind of knows. Like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the outside of being like mostly racist, like a lot of the critiques in reviews leveled at him were of course very lazily charted through like oh he's like not nah, he's doing his best aragorn right like was the thing that like they immediately he's not laughed. like no, i that's that it's yeah. like one of those things where you're like you're like no, could, could they have more thing, not yes. the whole point is that he's not Aragorn. that's the whole <laughs> yeah point to why the performance is good is like he's carrying himself through right. it to the whole up to right until the negotiation with saladin where he's just like i don't know man i'm fucking tired i don't belong here and like <laughs> i want to go home this is yeah, it's all just—it's him I mean, being like, yeah. it not. I guess spoilers if people haven't watched yet, but it's like the culmination of the Roman Roy. Like we're bullshit. This is bullshit. We're right? bullshit. Like, it's this just is bullshit. Him, yeah, it's him a little bit. Yeah. Kind of coming to terms with that. Yeah. yeah, all to get to all to get to Ian Glenn playing Richard Lionheart, which, which is so funny. okay. I real we don't have to go into it, but I just Roxanne, what are your thoughts on Ridley's Robin Hood? Yeah, you're next. Well, yeah, if you, if you've seen it, How, I, re yeah, you I seen really. It did not like it at the time okay. but yeah. I have continuously felt like I should go back to it because I remember liking Oscar Isaac's performance He's and so I good. keep I thinking that I should go back for that there's a yeah. so I'm glad you brought him up because mm -hmm. uh, in the director's cut of that movie which is not as substantial as this one is but but, but better but, also but better. yeah same way better um, that it contains a scene with Danny Houston as okay. Richard Lionheart. And it's just funny because I fucking totally forgot. It had been a long time since I watched this movie, like front to back in full. So I totally forgot that this movie ends with literally like 
the sequel would just be Robin Hood, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. literally they're just taking well, the yeah, R- Richard Lionheart's going to start the third crusade. Yeah, right. So. And he comes back from it at the beginning of Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Which and is so, fictional because he never came back. No, 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 but no yeah, right. But, but yes, I just yeah, yeah, what I'm saying yeah, is in the pantheon of Ridley Scott writes West writes Western civilization the history of Western civilization. <laughs> Which actually right. Roxana, can I tell you that's yeah. uh, no joking, my dream like movie theater programming would be like Ridley Scott's History of the World. No, that's perfect. And you would and you would do like Exodus, like yeah. you know, He's, the duel. There's so many movies. Conquest. How do we, be, how like, do we get right, Roxanne, how do we you? get we, Vultures Bilga to get this done for us? Because Bilga let's do, it. Do, it. let's do it. To do it. Yeah. Because check this this how cute would this be? You open with the first scene of Prometheus. Oh because the okay. engineers, okay, they create life. Sure. And it's the you opening end, of that you would movie. end it with then like Blade Runner and the rest of the Alien movies, right? Yeah, you would just keep going. Like Covenant, yeah, or, yeah. Um, but but anyway, no, no. But that's just all to say, yeah. I I love the end of this movie because I do love that like you get the Richard the Lionheart moment. Yeah. Um, but it did make me wish, I kind of was like, oh, I wish he went the extra mile and cast Ian Glenn. Cast Ian Glenn. As yeah. Richard in Robin, Robin Hood. Yeah. But Danny Houston, the re- I'm glad you brought up the Oscar Isaac performance of that movie because I, I like Danny Houston in that movie. And he's, I believe, only in the director's cut, but he is on the same register as Oscar Isaac. Like, Oscar it's very Isaac, much like a I really cartoonish, feel, but very campy and really like. I 100% feel like Eddie Redmayne watched that performance before Jupiter ascending. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Actually. What I what I what I like about the Oscar Isaac performance in Robin Hood is he's like, I'm going to try to personify the fox from the Disney movie. Yeah, right, right, or the well, the lion. But yes, the, the lion. Yes. I always like say the, fox. Yeah. The lion. Yeah. The lion. Yeah. He, he's fully like, what if I could just play the lion? What if I could just be like, if I'm just sucking my thumb as yeah. the yeah. cowardly <laughs> lion? <laughs> uh, fox Robin Hood, incredibly hot. Can we end it there? Very oh, hot, oh, Robin. Deeply. Yeah. Very yeah. hot, Robin. Let's, let, let's let that be the last yeah, yeah, yeah. thing we say. So, yeah. Orlando Bloom, underrated, watch Kingdom of Heaven. Roxana, remind us where we can find your work. You can great find... We're going to link to a couple of your things. Thank you so yeah. much. Uh, you can find oh, my yeah, stuff at Vulture, and you can find me on Twitter. I don't know why I'm still there, but you can, so... Yeah. None of us know why. None of us I mean, know. We're just Lord knows. We're yeah. like ba- there's not we're like Bailey thing yet. In, we're like Bailey in, in Jerusalem. We're like, why yeah. am I here? Why am uh, I here? I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. Um, <laughs> yes, so I did just compare me. Twitter to the holy city of Jerusalem. I'm sorry. Um, Jerusalem has literally been Mecca. through so much. Must we also yeah. do that to it? <laughs> Yeah, let 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 Jerusalem alone. <laughs> yeah, right. So DJ DJ Mech on Twitter, uh, as per usual, and Connor, uh, uh, get us out of here. Yeah, no, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scruffy Looking. You can find this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Letterbox at TFSB Side. Uh, Roxana, thank you so much. Always uh, great to talk to you. Um, thank you, guys. Your insights are always, you're so much smarter than us. So the That's insights are true. truly, are truly helpful. But, um, but yeah, thank you for, for joining us. I, and look, we look, I, I look forward to kind of what Bloom has up his sleeve. Like, I don't, not to bring it back into conversation, but like, I watched that Three Musketeers movie he was in. And yeah. I think, that movie, because Tarantino put it on his top 10 of the year that year, I think that movie garnered kind of like 
a weirdly unearned reputation mm -hmm. like as being like sneaky good it's not it's but it has its moments and he is actually kind of like chewing the scenery a little bit in like a very fun way and that's the kind of stuff that i'm kind of like yeah man i don't know Show up. do more did you guys do see the like, afghanistan movie he was in the outpost was that the yeah. one yeah I yeah, hated yeah. it, but he I was guess. fine. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, like, he, was, he was. I fine. remember him being good. I did. Yeah. Not, I did not like the yeah. film, but I, yeah. he was. Good. I would. Yeah. I would like to see more of him kind of hamming it up. Personally, yeah. that was a Rod. Um, that was a Rod Lurie film, who was a film critic before he became a filmmaker. Terrible. Stop making just films. as we keep dissing. <laughs> as we keep dissing critics. Yeah, exactly. Saying. That's fine. Uh, I mean, Orlando <laughs> is married to Katy Perry. They have a child. Yes, Katy Perry. Like, my guy, my guy is going to be is, fine. Is that movie actually coming out? Yes. It's like, yeah. in August, I believe. Yeah. August I think feels it, right, I guess. I know. It's in the doldrums Maybe September. Maybe, no, maybe a September release no, feels it's like an, more No, correct. I'm telling you it's in August. It's like, um, it's like gamers raced for real. I'll be oh, honest. Crap, this is another right. film that real people in my life are excited for. Non-online sure people. I don't even want to take like that's the thing. I'm not even trying to take it from those people. I'm more just kind it of remind, shocked about it. It reminds yeah, me so. of like for many years, Vin Diesel wanted to make the like Spy Hunter movie. Remember that right. name? Sure, Spy Hunter. Sure. Anyway, anyway, um, but yeah, you right, can catch. Let Orlando. us leave. <laughs> yeah, you End can, this. You can catch Orlando and Gran Turismo later this summer, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> But anyway, um, if you've liked what you heard, please do rate, review, <laughs> and subscribe. This episode has been just amazingly We've chaotic. covered so much. I, yeah, it's like the kingdom of heaven. It's, 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 look, it's to be a B-side of conscience or nothing else. Um, but oh, anyway, Jesus. thank Let you all for listening. And we hope that you too also go out there and just enjoy Orlando being a capital Y, capital H, TM, young hottie. Young hottie. Young hottie for real. Young hottie. And now you're listening to the B-side.